0: Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state certified teachers trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. But he, I'm not to your heart.
1: Welcome to a live Monday night edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. I'm Brian Fulford. That's Ad Drew. Uh, we are blessed to be on to do another live show with you. Appreciate all those tuning in to uh, watch us, Drew. How you doing tonight,
2: Wilma? I'm home. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay been on the
2: road for the last few days and uh just happy to be back at the house right and to be doing this uh to be in my studio instead of having to borrow somebody else's Wi-fi or whatever we got to do to make sure this show happens
1: okay yeah hey you know uh, i I understand I've, I've been on the road for a bit I'm to the point where if I got a connection, I can do. I'm ready to do a show. I mean, that's that's kind of how this thing has been rolling for me. So, Listen, I mean, I've did,
2: I did I, I did a show literally driving on the road from Alabama back to <laughs> back to Georgia, and yeah, yeah, been one of the few times that I've I've, now I've done doc show from my home studio. Uh-huh. <laughs> Doing, Doing the show that has my name in the title has not happened like it needs to. Uh,
1: oh. any, anywhere and everywhere we can do the show, that's where we, uh, that's where we do it from. So, um, and then next week we'll
2: be doing the show on the road.
1: Yeah, next week uh, I'm sure we'll be we'll be in Birmingham next week as we get ready for SWAC Media Day. But uh, we, we've got all kinds of media days to talk about. We got to talk about the SIEC, which was this past week, and then this week you have the CIAA and the MIAC media days, which are back-to-back days, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, that, that that'll be, be that fun. yeah, fun. that'll be it. that'll be interesting to see how how uh, especially your favorite. Content creators or media folks who cover HBCU to see how they juggle those those two days, those forty eight hours. That'll be that'll be real interesting. So, it's gonna be a
2: lot of people making that four hour ride between Salem, Virginia, and Norfolk, Virginia, Thursday into Friday.
1: Yeah, definitely. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So, gotta say uh, hello to everybody coming in and joining us. Um, first one, got to say Jeremiah Clark checking in from a location where, yeah, yeah, I might need a map. I might need a map. Exactly. I hear you, Jeremiah. Uh, Waves. Gotta...
2: Use use that
1: Waze app. Waze. I love Waze. Love Waze. What's up, Tamara T? How many chickens has T- Waze save people? Oh, my God. Hundreds. Should be hundreds. I laugh. any Anytime I see somebody get pulled over for speeding. I'm like, you need to get a ways. You need to get ways. Because, yes. you know, it's gotta be somebody who who uh, who didn't have ways. Chuck Hunt, good to see you, man. Thanks for checking in from Monroe, Louisiana. Uh so on today's show, um Ah man, I, I just realized something, Drew. I didn't I didn't take care of my own Wi-Fi issues and connections. Doggone it, I, I knew there was something I forgot to do. So hopefully well, we forget- I
2: won't we
1: hope we can do it during the first break. Yeah, so yeah. Be can be yeah, so on, on today's show, well, first off, let me get the particulars out of the way while I can here. Uh, make sure you're following the show at uh, my MyBCSN1. Uh, that's the Black College Sports Network on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app. We are part of the Jericho Broadcast Networks, which is the parent company. Of the Black College Sports Network. The Google app and the Apple iStore is where you can find the, uh, that app. Just search my JBN, my BCSN. And uh, if you want to go find our Facebook page in particular, just go to facebook.com BCSN And that's where you will find us. Looking forward to kicking off the, or really celebrating the 25th year. Of the Black College Sports Network, hard to believe—25 years of trying to do this thing and uh, bring live, live sports coverage uh, on the on these on these here internet waves, as they like to call them. Drew, so uh, celebrating 25 years, um, and I think it's only appropriate that we'll we'll get a chance to talk about the SIEC as coming up real shortly. Uh, we're going to be introducing a new, I guess we could say a, a new member of the team as uh, we will debut a new show that you and our guests will be uh, will be doing this upcoming all season. So we'll be doing that here uh, shortly. And uh, then coming up in the second hour, we're going to have a great conversation uh, about HBCU basketball association, and this is a league that has been uh, putting out some good press over the past. I want to say I, I've been researching and, doing, and checking on articles that go back at least to about last summer, when this concept first started hitting the the media circuit, and so well, coming up on the show. We're going to actually talk to the co-founders and uh, a a young man who is uh, one of the players for one of the teams. So uh, it is a league that is going to be starting up in August. So right around the corner, less than three weeks away from their debut. And we're looking forward to finding out more about this league. You know, it kind of goes in conjunction, Drew. I don't know how much of uh, if, if you got a chance to watch Past this past Wednesday's ONG, where uh, we had um, a young man who is the commissioner of the Pioneer League baseball league, and uh, just some of the things that you know he's doing. But it's it's very interesting to see people that look like you and me operating in these spaces of league ownership and commissionership, um, and for, for professional organizations. You know, I I find that real interesting, a real positive, real positive turn.
2: Definitely is a a positive, you know. uh, Just the fact that you have African-Americans running professional leagues and then for there to be a professional league that is HBCU-based as far as the participants in that league, it's just a bonus, right, I mean. What anytime our profess our players go from the collegiate leagues to professional, it's always good. It always makes the alumni or whatever institution that you went to feel good about your uh about your program, you know. And you know, we like to brag about stuff like that. I've got uh, you know, I've got this many people who went to my school who played in the NFL or MLB or not too many of played in the NBA as of recent, but even still, you know, I bet I guarantee you people from Ramblin still hold on to Willis
1: Reed. So, yeah, and, and they should. Um, you know, I, I wonder about the younger generation though. Whether the younger generation holds on to a Willis Reed or not. Um, but I, you know, and it's so hard to to really understand. I think it's hard to understand what what drives young people um and, and I think there's this uh, there's this desire to buy by some to want to appeal to you know younger generations when so many of your alumni are older working professional people you know what I'm saying so it really is this dichotomy of Yes, you may have the several hundred thousand, no, the the thousand or so students, you know, anywhere from two to 10,000, depending upon your school, but it's that alumni base that really uh, drives and stirs the pot, you know, but, you know, who are the actual, um, What's the who are the actual stakeholders that matter? It's the students, you know, and so <laughs> it's a it, it, it and and that's why you know I I maintain we have got to find ways within the HBCU community to take adva- or, or to create name, image, and likeness opportunities uh, for student athletes. It's the one thing that I truly feel, Drew, regardless of race, uh, let, let, me, let me take that back because I, I don't want to say race because there are a lot of black kids at PWIs that are making good money off name, image, and likeness. Uh, let's say the, the divide in resource, high resource and low resource schools. NIL is the equalizer, I think.
2: I I, I would give you something also that we could be creative with when it comes to NIL, Brian. Every athlete does not qualify for academic scholarships. Now, when you have somebody who can play some ball, they've got a 3.7 GPA coming out of high school, if they still do the ACT, if they take, your school takes the ACT, you have got a thirty plus on the ACT. Blah blah That that kid is gonna get money, right? They gonna get bloody hand over fist in multiple ways. But what about that athlete? He's a decent. He's a decent basketball player, but he's at a D two or NAIA. And for those of y'all who don't know, D twos and NAIA's typically don't give their student athletes full scholarships. But he's not going to qualify for any type of academic buddy because he's got a, comes out of high school with a 2.7, 2.8. He's just an average student who just happens to be a good athlete. Why not instead of scholarship, 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 hey, that same $500, $1,000 scholarship that you may contribute to, contribute to an NIL deal for this young man or young woman and and help that young man a young woman along and hopefully they'll help your institution to some dubbies just by, just 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 by two cents
1: no i i feel that I, I here's what i think when i hear you say that there's a large hmm, i feel like there's a large segment i don't know this to be fact i feel like there's a large segment that will always defer back to what's the primary goal of the institution and it's why you see so much given in the way of scholarships and funding it's like when the schools go out and fundraise the school's not necessarily fundraising for athletics what are they usually fundraising for nine times out of ten academics Academic scholarships but what's the front door of the university I understand that. I understand that. Right. That's a That every school deals with is how do you balance that, you know, the, the monies that you're getting, whether it be federally or from the private sector, you know, that you get for academics, whether it be your academic students to keep your teachers, uh things of that nature. But then how do you get how do you take advantage of relationships as it relates to athletics? You know here's the
2: problem. Here's the problem, Brian. We don't take care of, we don't take advantage of relationships as they relate to athletics because we don't ah, what's the word I'm using for? We don't uh take advantage of opportunities that athletics provide us to market our I mean. How many of our universities are in towns where no one knows what your football schedule is? Well, oh, I won't man. say football schedule. Most people know what the football schedule is. No one knows what the basketball schedule is. Man. No one knows what the volleyball schedule is. Right. What when is the last time you went that a lot of these people go to a restaurant? barber shop, uh grocery store, whatever. And just hey, I saw you at the grocery store here. Uh, come, come check us out the play. But you don't you know what we don't do anymore, Brian. Remember the older schedule cars used to get down at the gas station?
1: Yeah.
2: I mean when last time you seen one of
1: those. Is that a cost that people have thrown away because they they've turned to social media? I mean, I love the schedule cards, and I think there's a generation who, I think they're so easy to give away. Uh,
2: uh, hold no! Remember, remember the refrigerator magnet schedule card?
1: Again. The refrigerator magnet. Timeless. Timeless promotional pieces.
2: I, I, I find those things from seven, eight years ago just floating around somewhere sometimes. Matter of fact, I had a schedule magnet before I just moved into my uh, new place
1: that I know was four years old still on my refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, you know, question is, who's still doing those? Um, you know, I'm curious. I, you know, are there any. Did anybody do one last year? You you guys in the in the chats or if you, wherever you are. Schedule card, schedule bag.
2: And remember, Brian, when you used to go and you would have a day, an autograph, a date where everybody just came on campus and you used to autograph the posters.
1: Some schools are doing that. If it. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Some schools still do that. I don't know if everybody, if they don't, they should, but you know, then again, I, I I think this might be a good year to start bringing that stuff back. If, if, uh, people shied away from it, obviously with the COVID COVID stuff, but, but still, I think those are great ways to bring people back into, into the fold. You know what I'm saying? Um, So yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's get start getting into it. I know Edward brings up a good question right out the chat rooms here. Can we get the SIC versus the CIAA in football and basketball? Edward, you're you're you're. Look, I have been. Who has been advocating for a not only in football but in basketball an SIC versus CIAA week? This guy. This guy. I have been I have been talking about this for the last, I think, what at least the last three seasons, right? Minimum. 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 And, yeah. and I'm gonna answer the basketball piece, Brian. You know, go go ahead with the basketball piece.
2: Working on something that close for something for postseason basketball. S I C. CIAA along with a few other institutions,
1: yeah. But we got to find a way to do we got to find a way to get that um during the regular season.
2: Well, they do, they do. They, I know last year they had a -A 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 CIAA SIAC challenge or crossover, I believe it was at Morehouse in the SIAC and. Why well, I want to say it's Shaw uh, and the CIAA, SIAC institution the CIAA institution. held one last year in basketball, along with the, uh, I believe, SIAC and Sunshine State Conference had a crossover and the Gulf South. Th- there were a few different preseason basketball uh, crossover and challenges uh, in last season. I know the CIAA did some also. Mm hmm so there were there were a couple of weekends i want to say those were around the veterans day weekend last year the second weekend of november first like the first full weekend that you could play last year they they did that and hopefully there will be some more of those again uh haven't seen a lot of the basketball schedules being released yet but that is a uh yeah that is definitely a football Challenging because both teams are, both conferences have an eight-game conference schedule that only leaves two weeks in which you can play each other, and one of those is going to be a check game for most of the institutions. So they're really only leaves one possible week that this could happen in football. I think football is a little bit more challenging in the near so, future.
1: Uh, let me. You just said something about the eight game. Who's going to an eight game?
2: Both. Schedule? Both. CIAA and SIAC have eight-game football schedules, eight conference
1: games. What year? When?
2: Now, currently. That was part. That was part of the switch with the
1: S-I-E-C going away from the
2: division format.
1: Okay. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Okay. So that. Okay. So that. That's a good little tidbit for those who who might have missed that. Um, and we're we're waiting on our guest to. I think he's working on his his internet connection. So I'm popping for a quick half a second. So I think we'll we'll get that. And I and I think uh, you know, obviously
3: now, now, I, I'll, go ahead.
1: I do one. Well, go I ahead. I it. was kind of go Commissioner ahead. Holloman. Yeah, I think you're gonna go to where I was thinking about going. So go ahead.
2: Commissioner Holloman did say that they they and the CIAA mm-hmm. are possibly working on a week eleven situation
1: where okay. yes I heard that
2: uh it would be teams three four and possibly five in the siac and it would be uh your twos and threes in the CIAA possibly playing playing each other to hopefully improve playoff position possibly
1: getting at-large for for a team help us and, get the schedule and that's uh that's genius. I heard him say that. <clears throat> I heard him say that on uh, Dr. Cavill's show. Um, so, but he, and you mentioned it at the
2: uh, media day, also.
1: He didn't mention that media day. All right. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's get ready uh, for for our next guest because we're gonna get into talking about the SIC football media day. Uh, you know him probably on Twitter as D2 HBCU football guy that's at D2 HBCU football we are going to know him as Mr. Kendrick Hooks uh D2 HBCU football uh with that Tuskegee banner yes that means he's probably another Tuskegee guy I got to deal with around <laughs> these parts but uh Kendrick welcome welcome to the BCSN sports Wrap. how you doing this evening
2: I'm doing well appreciate you for having me uh, yeah, Paul man, Brian. Uh, let me let me greet this brother the right way. Okay. T, you, <laughs> you know. All right, now we can move on with the show. <laughs> right. Is this
1: is this how is this how every SIAC football show is going to begin? Is it, no, I'm just curious. No, we'll,
2: we'll we'll be professional on on that show. We'll maintain our professionalism. Right.
1: All right. All right. Now, just to, just to sort of break, you know, just in case you didn't know, but uh, Ad and, and Kendrick are going to be bringing their expertise and talents to the Black College Sports Network on a weekly basis, talking all things SIAC football. So, you know, that, that's awesome. I mean, Kendrick does a great job of covering not only just the SIC, but D2 football. Of course, we know Drew. Uh, writing for SIC uh, football for D2Football.com. So, look, there's uh, – th- that's the one beautiful thing about what we do is that we do give love and do a great job of covering D2. Um, Kendrick, hey, hey, what, what? – Hey, Brian. Yeah.
2: I want you to think about this. You got the man with D2Football in his Twitter handle, and then you got the brother – who writes for d 2 footballcom
1: teaming together to put on the podcast. It's gonna be a great show. It's gonna be a great show. Uh Absolutely. Kendrick, uh tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what are you, what kind of angles and what kind of perspectives are you looking to be able to hit on with this uh with this show with with Drew?
3: Yeah, so um mainly it's just um and when it comes down to SIAC football, um I've been around it like my whole life. Um, just been around it um, and been a historian by training um, just from the historical side. You know, I, I bring a lot of that out uh, perspectives and then um, just looking at the facts, you know, the numbers. You know, I know we're both we're both Tuskegee men, you know, Tuskegee gentlemen. But, um, you know, I, we bring honest, you know, we be as un- unbiased as we can uh, <laughs> when it comes down to it. Um, uh, you know, and, um, uh, we just called out and just bring more exposure and really get into the X's and O's because, um, sometimes the conference gets, you know, kind of overlooked on some things, but, um, it's really a good brand of football being played in SIC. Well,
1: give me a, give me a, give me an area where you think the SIC gets, uh, gets overlooked. Uh, how would you, you know, what, what kind of areas, uh, w- would you say that happens in?
3: I'll say they're, they're the perception issue. Um, and one of those perception issues that kind of, you know, drain, drags down the conference is our out-of-conference our, our records. Um, but I would argue that if anybody played as many GSC teams as the SIC has played historically, their out-of-conference records would look the same, too. Um, so, you know, where our schools are located, we play a lot of, you know, when people compare, like, the CIAA and what they've done, and compared to the SIAC, when you look at it, it's really because when we play out of conference, we play those top tier GSC teams. You play the Valdosta States, yeah, those you know historic matchups with Albany State, Valdosta State, the West Georgias. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, Alabama. you know, West Alabama. So you can say our out of conference record, and also um, a lot of SIAC teams they really play a lot of LCS, you know, LCS teams. And so there's a lot of years that went by. Where, you know, you look at those Tuskegee teams, they could have, you know, the few years they did go in the playoffs, they did, you know, fairly well. But we had some teams that I feel like could have really made some noise. But, of course, because of our, you know, obligation in the Turkey Day Classic, couldn't go. So, you know, a lot of times we didn't get our best team in the playoffs. So I I think we just kind of – people take our out-of-conference records for uh, out of context. And so it just kind of drags down the, you know, the opinion of the conference.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Although I think what over these last couple of years, I, you know, the SIC teams, the upper echelon have sort of cleared the hurdle of beating some of those non-conference teams. I mean, I think we've seen what Albany State. Um, uh, who else? Who Albany State? Who else think, have we seen? We, Tuskegee, Tuskegee got the win last year. Last year. West
2: Alabama. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think we've seen Fort Valley pick up some uh, non-conference uh, wins. Savannah uh, that first year uh, that they dropped down picked up some uh, some non-conference wins. So yeah, so we have seen some mm-hmm. do it. And I can't re- can't really remember if Miles has picked up any. Uh, My, Miles by, had by
3: that that one year that um North Alabama was really strong and they beat him by that one that that one point um yeah. Coach Ruffin chose to go for the two point conversion instead of going into that second overtime with them and that was when people started realizing hey this Miles team you know under Ruffin was for real you know they they almost shot the world I think North Alabama team I think they went on and I, I think they fell short. Um, in the, in the title game that year, so you know, um, the there we have they have made a lot of um, a lot of games, and even if you look at our FCS records, you know, just take Tuskegee out of the FCS for a second because they used to call them the FCS Slayers, but you look at last year, um, those SIAC teams, I mean, they played those swag teams tough, and you're talking about, um, this is during a time where everybody was talking about all the talent and the renaissance of the talent coming back to the swag. But you look at it, those SIA teams, I think the largest margin of victory was 10 point from FAMU that people are arguing and say was the second-best team, you know, in the swag. And you look at Albany State, you know what they finished. I mean, you can argue them third or fourth um, best team in the SIAC last season. So you see uh, a lot of those teams making waves. And don't forget, Lane beat Tennessee State, and, and Lane and Lane beat Tennessee State, and they were one bad call away from beating Pine Bluff.
1: Oh wow! Really? Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Um. Man, you know, it's got me thinking as I think about the SIC, and I and I wonder the SIC versus. You know, I was just talking about before you jumped on. I don't know how much you heard. I've been advocating for a, a particular weekend where we had the SIC teams play the uh, CIAA. I, I think that would be a fascinating cross mix in almost the same way you see that done, that cross conference thing done in basketball. I know it's kind of hard to do in football, given the number of games. Well, especially previously, um, maybe, maybe less so previously than it is now because you had seven, everyone was playing seven conference games uh, prior to this season where now everybody's jumped to eight. But what's your take on SIC versus uh, the GSC versus the CIAA? In terms of street cred, you know, if there was such a thing in football, (laughs) you say, or or, well, I mean, look, let's call it recruiting cred because I think at the end of the day, that's what all these guys are going to be recruiting against. I mean, they're all recruiting against each other in the same footprint. So if you want to say – Hey, our conference is this because we beat them X amount of times. Which one holds more weight, do you think, uh, Kendrick? And, and Drew, I even propose that to you in terms of what holds more weight beating a CIAA opponent or if get, getting a chance to either play a close game, good game, or get a win versus a GSC opponent? Uh, I'll go first.
2: Okay. Depends on who you're asking, Brian. If you're asking somebody who is going to get you a possible playoff berth, that GSC win is going to carry more credit with them. If you ask somebody at the barbershop in Atlanta, Georgia, that win over that CIAA team is going to get you more street credit than that win over a Vallasta State or West Georgia or. Something so, so along those lines. So it depends on who the market is or who you're trying to impress, Brian. You're trying to impress the voters? Well, how about, the, how about the,
1: recruits? the recruits? Yeah, the recruits. I mean, that, that's where I think at the end of the day, uh, either your recruits or your fan base, one of you two, I think would be your 1A and 1B. Now, like you said, I, I I, I'm, I'm, I'm the recruits
2: are probably more happy with their victory over uh, West Alabama or Valdosta State because a lot of their classmates and a lot of the people who they grew up playing against are at those type of schools, you know, uh, uh you know, Mississippi College or some, somewhere along those lines, you know, one of those type teams. But if you ask the alums, oh, hell yeah, we'd rather be West of Salem State <laughs> or be the Shaw or be the St. Algo. Of one of those things. So I think it's generational, also, Brian. Just about two cents on
1: it.
3: Hmm. What about you? Yeah. So um I'm <laughs> you're gonna get me in a little trouble yet. but it's getting, hey, that's how, it. It. <laughs> that's how we love to do it. That's how we love to do it. go ahead. Um, so Fire I'm away. Those, get in trouble. I'm, I'm I'm one of those ones that um that that core SIAC bunch, right? We we got some more schools in now, but I I'm still my mind still is wrapped around that core SIC bunch. Um, you take, like, for instance, the conference was trying to get that week zero game uh, with Benedict and um, uh, with the Fayetteville State. Uh, Fayetteville. Yes, Fayetteville. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think when you look at the recruiting trail, you look at the type of recruits that Benedict goes after and the and recruits that Fayetteville State go, goes after. A lot of those guys, they were really battling out on the recruiting trail. Uh, most of the guys that had offers from Benedict had offers from Fayetteville State, your shawls um you look at like tuskegee and fort valley albany state albany state goes after a guy that state is going after, after a guy so it really depends on where you're trying to pull guys like where do you recruit where's your recruiting footprint um i think when you when you look at schools like tuskegee and morehouse um when i had morehouse head coach uh, on the twitter space one of the things he said that m gets him into anybody's house and he can go anywhere and recruit so I think it just depends on your brand and where you have to pull guys from. So a Morehouse and a Tuskegee, we can go to the West. You know, like there's, there's things that Tuskegee can do and Morehouse can do that may be a Fort valley Albany the State. They don't have that particular brand to go, you know, and find guys. So they really have to scrap with your Valdez estate. State. So they need a Valdez of State on the schedule. They need to play a Valdez Estate State and beat them because those guys are intertwined, you know, so – it just, asked yeah, so I, I like to see Benedict, you know, they picked up the show, the Shawan game. Um, I was really happy about that because with them just having nine games, I was kind of scared they might get left out of the playoffs if they don't, you know, dominate in a, in a dominating fashion. Um, so I think those schools, like, they, they you know, like, yeah, they can play, play the Shaw's and the Federal states, but then you get you get further down, you start looking at some of these attendance for some of the games that you've seen in the past. I mean, a Kentucky State versus a a Livingstone, who's 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 interested in that? I, I you know, so <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those it's it's one of those things that it, it's a case by case scenario. And even with the conference moving to this eight game schedule, I was really curious as to seeing where were the A.D.'s mindsets, you know, um, because I know initially Dr. Holland was talking about, you know, putting teams in a better position for the playoffs. But then you see schools like Miles and Lane, they use the opportunity to get another payday because now they have two FCS teams on their schedule. You know, mm-hmm. Miles plays, play they play Bama State and Pine Bluff this year. Lane is playing and them and I think they got Pine Bluff too. Well, they, they have two FCS teams, so a lot of schools, picked up that second FCS team. And we've seen historically when you put two FCS teams on your schedule because they don't count for the playoff, like Tuskegee in that 2017 year, you know, you go, you play Jackson State and FAMU, but then you're on the outside kind of looking in, you know, from the playoff perspective because those numbers just don't count. So it's it's a philosophy for the individual schools and, and what that school needs. You know, I understand
1: Lane and Miles, hey,
3: they may need those paydays.
1: I, I'm going to give you guys a great topic that I hope you guys get into talking about is... I love you regional, write this down. Yeah, get, get your pen out. <laughs> uh, but it has to do with looking at the regional ranking committee and finding out, you know, where is that representation? Because Kendrick... Who's the conference right, reader? Right, because Kendrick just brings up a good point about, let's just say you said Lane and who? Uh, who was the other team that has two?
3: Miles,
1: Miles has two Miles. Tuskegee has two. That's let's just it. say Lane Don't Tuskegee out because they they got three today. So yeah, yeah, they yeah,
3: got a to it to don't playoffs, matter so. we can just load up on LCS teams now. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. You guys have made it clear. We'll we'll talk about it. but okay, but Lane, let's just say Lane has a strong year in conference where maybe they only lose one conference game. And let's just say maybe by some circumstance they end up as the number three team and just miss being in the, the one or two because of tie-breaking scenarios, right? Uh, this is where understanding the regional rankings and saying, how is Lane going to be perceived? You know, because they would only have seven wins. You know, they they actually, uh, I hate to say the word, they, they forfeited or they passed on the opportunity to get two games that will count towards those regional rankings. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just think you guys get it, finding a way to tackle the regional challenges or who those people are. It would be interesting to hear, you know, so I'm just, you know, I'm just feeding the information. You know, I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be fascinating to kind of find out. Um, all right, let's, let's start getting into some of this because we, we want to make sure we get as much SIC media day talked well, in in this right. first hour. Yes. I,
2: I just want to throw something out. I'm looking at the master schedule right now.
1: Yeah. You do realize Lane has Lynchburg on their schedule. Oh, do they? Okay. How do they fit them in there with the eight game schedule? How, so they have, so wait a minute. They have. No, they
2: don't. Uh, no, Lane only has one. They got a and they got Adam oh. and Lynchburg as the two non
1: conferences. Oh, let's see. Okay. Miles well, has see, Pine Bluff. That that's that's I don't know if that's better or worse than having yeah. two FCS programs on your schedule. Yeah. Yeah, they should have yeah, got yes.
3: another FCS. They should have went for the payday instead of the VUL.
1: Yeah. Because
3: uh,
2: they because nobody's gonna not only uh is is does the game not count, but nobody's gonna be at the game. So you're not even gonna make the game.
1: Well, well hopefully hopefully true Drew hopefully true lane fans show up for that game. All,
2: all 500 of them.
1: See, you, you you two. I, you you two are gonna get in trouble with a few fan bases. I see that now. Your your Tuskegee elitism is gonna come through. Now, um, well, that's
2: why there's, there's going to be a third person on this podcast just because of that. You know, and, and we'll introduce that up to the third person in, in the next couple of weeks here on the sports wrap. Uh, Unbelievable. Because uh-huh. I, I, I knew I had to have balance because I didn't want everybody to, to see that see TU that bias come out. They talk about you and Brian, with the FAMU bias. So I wouldn't go ahead and have it to
1: me twice. Yeah, well, see, and look, see, didn't you get guys like. Edwin Moore, who jumps in to see, this is what I know. There are Lane fans out there somewhere, so you guys are going to piss off a whole legion of Lane College Dragon fans. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what Lane—they could all fit in the
2: gym, Edwin Moore.
1: If, if Lane, wow, man, if. <laughs> Okay, if Lane wins six games in conference, you two have to go to a Lane College basketball game and do a show from there. I'm, that's all I'm putting you on notice. <laughs> if Lane wins six games in conference, y'all got to do a show from uh, from from Lane College. Um, okay. okay, Brian Lane yeah. schedule
2: conference: Miles, Benedict, Tuskegee, Clark, Ever Waters, Kentucky State, Central State, Savannah.
1: Look, Drew, don't do it. I'm not gonna look. We're not gonna do predictions on because you know no, what after I just say if you said six wins,
2: you tell me where them six coming from.
1: Hey, I don't know. I don't know. Kendrick's I haven't done uh, that's man. your job. What you say, Kendrick? They had their shot last year. I I
3: that feel like year. last year was there was their shot then after the you no.
2: Know, although the, I, I I will say watch out for my guy Walter Tatum. He was uh first he was first team uh for Lane. Uh used to coach him in high school. So I am rooting for at least one person over at Lang. Number 31, Walter Taylor.
1: All right. Let's get into talking about this uh the the SS the SIAC upcoming season. First off, we mentioned going to an eight-game schedule, no divisions. Uh Drew, I think we've we've touched on it before, but I want to want to get Kendrick's take on that change. And then, uh, you, we'll, we'll, let you add yours in again, Drew. So Kendrick, what's your, what's your opening thoughts on the eight game schedule, non-divisions just overall? Um, so
3: here I am about to get in trouble again. Um, I'm, like it. Glad, I'm glad the divisions are gone because the divisions cost Tuskegee, maybe two or three other championships. Um, because those divisions, you know, um, I'm one of the ones that I know that we can have two teams in the championship game. But a lot of times those two teams did not represent the best two teams in the conference. Um, a lot, a couple of those seasons, Tuskegee would have like seven wins against the SIC schools and lose that one to Miles and then Miles is in the championship game. But I won't go too deep into that. But um, So I'm happy to see that change back. Um, the only thing that I that I probably think that needs a little tweaking um, some schedules favor some teams. And I know that'll switch, you know, you know, over time and as teams change and whatever, but some teams in my opinion, have, have favorable um, schedules. And one of the things that I'm looking out for um, is how teams match up now, because normally you get those division games later in the season, like first game of the season, you get miles and lanes. Um, and that would be a game you would get late on in the season. And then you got like Tuskegee against Clark, um, late in the season. And that was the last time that Clark beat Tuskegee. That was Slater's first SIC loss, um, playing Clark late, late in the season one year. And it was like, they had no business beating us, but they, <laughs> they, they got it in. And so it goes back to those, that depth issue, injuries, um, injuries, um, uh, Especially like at the quarterback position, you know. So, you said the season goes along. Um, you're gonna really see you might see some teams that you normally catch, you know, when they're banged up a little bit, but you got them fresh, you know, and some teams that you would normally catch while you were fresh, you might catch them banged up this season. So, I think it is going to uh open the gate, um, for the for the you know, I, I think. In my opinion, I really just hope the conference doesn't devour itself because of the types of matchups from the uh, no divisions now.
1: Mm, interesting, Drew, your take.
2: Looking at the schedules, and I'm gonna stay on the schedule. This thing is almost set up for Benedict to repeat. Benedict on their conference schedule only has two teams that were above 500 last year, that being Savannah State and Fort Valley. Same thing with Albany State. Albany State, the only two teams that they have on their schedule that were above 500 were Savannah State and Albany State. You think that might be why everybody picked those as one, two in the conference? I'm, I, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And I'm just going to take the teams that predicted one, two, three, and four. Let's look at Tuskegee's schedule. They've got Fort Valley on their schedule. They've got Savannah State on the and, and Savannah State on their schedule. So they are about the same as as the other two. So Tuskegee's in a favorable position. Fort Valley, though, they've got Tuskegee, Savannah State, Benedict, and Albany State on their schedule. That's a that's that's four of your eight right there. If you, win, if, if you win all four of those, trust me, you deserve to be in there. <laughs> and we, we're just going to one more. Uh, the Team number five, uh, Savannah State, on their conference schedule, the teams above 500, they've got Albany State, Fort Valley State, Tuskegee, Benedict, and Lane. So Savannah State probably has the toughest schedule conference-wise Right
1: now, other the teams that are expected to continue. So, so let's bring it back to the top four here as we look at the the preseason rankings from yesterday or last week's media day. Obviously, Benedict favored Albany State two, Tuskegee three, Fort Valley State four. Drew, who who and and I don't know Kendrick if you breaking that broken down the schedules as 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 heavy as I'm sure Drew has. Um, w- and so I'll I'll go. We'll go either you know Drew and then and then Kendrick on this. Who has the you you mentioned Benedict? You like their schedule as being favorable. You could see them back in a championship game again. Among Tuskegee, Albany State, Fort Valley, who's got a schedule that looks favorable that could put them in a championship game?
2: You said Tuskegee. Fort well, just Valley. among the
1: top four. I mean, let's go to top four. I mean, obviously. If you want to go outside the top four.
2: Everybody but but Fort Valley. Okay. All 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 three of the other teams, I would say their schedule is pretty much the same. But Fort Valley, by far, of the four on the screen, based on last year's records, has the toughest schedule of the four that you have on the screen. Yeah, so I I,
3: I agree with that. Like, just based off, you know, last year's um, results, I would say, you know, Fort Valley would have a hard road to road because you got to know Tuskegee going to throw everything they got at them that first game. Like, to beat us three years in a row in the Red Tail Classic, (laughs) like, come on now. Um, And, um, you know, Albany State. However, with some context, I think it kind of lightens it up lightly um, growing pains are something I, I, I know the voters voted Albany State too but you know the you philosophy coach. you know like yeah the, the philosophies that change and um, just hearing Coach Gray um, talk a couple of times and just looking at, at that roster and what he says and what he says he wants to do I just feel like Albany State will have some growing pains Um, I, that's, you know, I don't think they're going to fall off to be, you know, like under 500, but I just think that, um, they're, 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 they're going to, they're going to have a few growing pains. Um, you know, I, I, I went on Twitter and I was talking about, I felt like Fort Valley should be too. I Uh, I did too. Yeah. Just because of what they had coming back and just looking at them. So, but that schedule, you know, just, but like, you know, Drew said, just based off last year. They have a really hard um road to road. But now even though we say into a ski, we look at theirs, but you look at how close those games were last year. Um, in some of those games, you might say, you know, a flip of the coin it three of those games, we could have lost. So it's like uh I don't know, you know, we went two overtimes with Miles, two overtimes with Clark, or did we go three overtimes with
2: Clark? I don't oh, know, it was something ridiculous like Yeah,
3: yeah, it, it was you know, um Um, that central state game, they were right there and Allen, almost came like, you know, like there was some close games. So it's not just looking at what those other teams have done with their roster. Um, I I just think the conference is wide open. I'll just be honest. Um, but like Benedict has the easiest to, to me because of what they have coming back defensively. Um, and especially on that defensive line. I'm not sure if any of the schools have addressed their offensive line woes enough in the offseason um, with additions and the way they recruited to be able to handle um, Benedict's defensive line this year. So I, that's why I feel like Benedict is, you know, prime to
2: and with Here, the to go back. Here's the question, y'all: Is Benedict 2023 what Southern was in 2022? Southern had a, Southern had an excellent defense. It had everything in offense, but the question was at quarterback. Eric Phoenix is not there anymore. We don't know what Benedict has at quarterback. We know if they saw their quarterback problem, Benedict will be tough to beat because of that defense. Just like Southern last year, had one of the top number two defense in the in the conference next next to Jackson State. But couldn't solve the quarterback problem.
1: Will that be Benedict this year? Yeah, but Southern had Southern had a new coach, new coach, new philosophy, and I, I I saw you guys you you started talking about this Kendrick, and I was surprised to see Albany State and Tuskegee in the top four, given that they have new coaches. But then again, like I told Drew, we were talking about this offline. Everybody who has won a title, uh, with the exception of Miles, since Winthrop 1992, is in this top four. I mean, literally. I mean, there's uh, prior to prior to Benedict winning the title last year, you had four teams that won a title over almost a 30 years period.
2: Ever since Alabama and the
1: conference. Right. You you had Albany State winning 11 Tuskegee, winning 10 miles for Fort Valley state three. I mean, you know, so I feel like name brands guys. Like, I don't know who to pick. Oh, hell, let me put Tuskegee here. Oh, hell, let me put, let me put Albany state here. No disrespect to those programs, right? Those teams, but new coaches, you know, I, I and, and Fort Valley state second year coach, I, you know, I, I just, I just find it fascinating to me. I mean, did that does anything? did That, but you find that fascinating at all, or is that just me? Is that a me thing?
2: You gotta put a – do. When you say new culture Tuskegee, please put an asterisk by that because uh,
1: Aaron well, James was
2: on staff. Aaron James was on staff last year.
1: Yeah, but okay. You are you telling me Aaron? I mean, you guys should know. Was Aaron James the? I, I don't know what what level he, he was. Of- the o, he was the
2: OC last year. Okay. He coaching waiting last year, so he knew. He was taking this job over. Coach Ruffin knew he was going to make that transition. So James, of all the new coaches, James does have a leg up on everyone else because he has been on campus for a year. He was actually able to go out with Ruffin last year and start recruiting players for what he wanted to do in 2023. He didn't have to sit – and take the job in late April or whatever because, you know, we, we, we slow with hiring people. He was already there. As soon as the season was over with in December, Aaron James hit the recruiting trip. He didn't have to wait to be named head coach three days after signing day like some of these coaches were. So he has that advantage. Okay.
3: And, and, and I also think when it comes down to Tuskegee, like, there is so much. I mean, they were right up the road at Miles um the the recruiting trail they already knew tuskegee and miles was battling for guys you know for years ever since Ruffin ended up at miles so it's like where they already know the the landscape is a little bit different for tuskegee the only thing um i was always curious about because of course um um jane stayed in the press box last season um and the Personally, I wanted to see you know just kind of his demeanor on the sidelines, but that staff is kind of it's still kind of senior at Tuskegee because you look at um, as long as we have um, uh, Coach Powell and I think and his yeah. birthday was yesterday, day for yesterday, so you know happy birthday, Coach Powell. Um, he he's there, and I mean, and you know you got guys who just know Tuskegee around there. Our tight end coach is still there, so it's like you know that that coaching staff coach, they're coach not Coach Brunson is yeah man. yeah coach, like you know those coaches that Tuskegee they they they're not new those guys they already know know uh, what the expectation is for that so um, it's it's just a step up you know um, I, I think that philosophy is going to be you know pretty pretty solid at Tuskegee when it comes to an Albany State yes I you know you talking about a coach he's coming in you know putting the staff together getting acquainted you know stuff that. Coach James didn't have to, uh, you know. I mean, he's had to hire what well, a defensive line coach and a safeties coach. Uh, so, but other than that, and then they feel the typical. That's part
2: yeah. of the typical culture cycle to hire one or two coaches because you yeah. get jobs elsewhere. Yeah, you
3: know, and then they hired. the entire yeah. staff. Yeah, they hired guys that were already, you know, like Watson. That's coming from Miles. That was at Miles, you know, early on. So, it's you know the guys that, that they were comfortable with. So. I, I think it really impacts, you know, the schools like, you know, Albany State bringing in an entire new staff coming back.
1: Okay, More great. That's State a great State. point. Great point. Let's go to this next group, okay? These are the group, you know, for everybody five on down. And you take a look at their predicted order. Now, one of the things that were brought up, of course, last year in the preseason rankings, nobody had uh, the two teams who played in the championship – nobody had those two teams really favored to win their division. Obviously Benedict wasn't favored. uh, And, and Tuskegee was not favored. Um, Although I think a lot of us in the media were kind of shaking our head. Like, "Mm, I don't, if I had to put my money on somebody, it was Tuskegee. I, I remember having that conversation with Jamie Walker and a few other people. So if you look at this group from, you know, Savannah state all the way on down to Morehouse, and there's two new coaches, Obviously at Morehouse in Kentucky State. Um, is there anybody in this group that could find their way into say that top three or four echelon that that maybe will challenge uh Fort Valley or Tuskegee or Benedict for a shot at a championship? I'll let you go first, Kendrick.
3: Um, so as much as I don't want to say this, I think it's Miles. Uh, Miles had a one and nine record. That was definitely not a one and nine team. They just, um, when Coach Shade got there, the amount of guys that came over from Miles with Ruffin, I felt like it was already going to be rough. He talked about it. Depth was his, you know, issue uh, for his team. Playing Alabama State, which is uh, just a physical team, that first game, and plus Alabama State had already played, uh, you know, a tough game against Howard, so they pretty much knew you talking about this new head coach, getting the team, lose your top wide receiver, your your running back, and your number one quarterback, you know, I mean, basically in the first drive, you know, the first two drives of the game. That was rough. But that defense that he had, that defense, I I, I put this on my Twitter page not too long ago. Uh, it took Bama State, I think, six positions after about that three-minute mark in the first quarter, to even get a positive yard against that defense of Miles. It's like once Miles realized they were in the game, um, that defense showed up. And if you can see that same defense throughout the season, that defense shut Benedict's offense down. I know that score is confusing to people that 20 to 3. They only scored one offensive touchdown. I I was there. I was there. And I was like, yeah, and they did the same thing with Albany State. It's just Miles just had no I'll offense at all. Like, it was horrible. <laughs> um, but the weapons that he that he's getting back, you know, the guys that were hurt, the guys that couldn't play, that decided to come back for them. Plus, um, he added, he, I mean, he, the wide receiver I think in the spring, he only had four wide receivers on roster. Um, they went out and got some guys. He also said that um, Newsom, uh, Claude is coming back. Um, so that I mean that that right there took my stock in Miles right back up. Once I realized that he was coming back, you know, for another year, um, they got a a, a pretty good um, recruit coming from Louisiana. That quarterback they signed, um, I can't think of his name at the moment. So I mean, I think Miles. You look at those those pieces that they had. I think they lost a defensive end um, that was really good, and he he's gonna be at Lane. But other than that. That defense is pretty in- intact. That linebacker core. So, I, you know, you can look at that one and nine nine schedule, and you look at what they did. If they had a little bit of offense, a lot of things could have been different. You know, in the conference last year. So, I I wouldn't sleep on miles. Mm,
1: that, that's interesting. That's interesting. A one and nine, one and six conference team. Mm. Uh, uh, what about you, Drew?
2: Uh, I got a couple teams, and I'm I'm gonna go through them quickly. Uh, first team I'm going to say is Edward Waters. You know they've got they've got Deshawn back there at running back. You know I I was best with Joshua Jackson, the uh, the uh, sports information director at Edward Waters, and I was like. Damn! How many years of eligibility Hughie has? So I think he is finally a true senior. This is this is it for him.
1: Yeah, this is his final uh, year. Yep. Yeah,
2: that's what he, that's what he said. I was like, Dad, I I literally remember when he literally walked to came onto that campus as, as a, and he was an impact running back then. Yes, so I, I just knew he was uh, gone by now. Uh, so that's COVID Yeah, COVID, COVID and red shirts and all that kind of stuff is caught up with. It's caught up with people, but you got to remember, Evan Waters lost a couple of games last year, literally on the last play of the game, and I believe two of those were conference games. First three games on the last play of the game, and they won their last four games of the season. So, if they pick up, even if they pick up two of those, they lost their first four. If they pick up two of those first four, where they lost them. On the last drive or the last play of the game, we're talking about a very different Edward Waters set.
3: And, and, and Drew, I'm still curious about that lane call that gave them the ability to bring that field goal uh team. I I, I bring that up. I still haven't got a really good explanation for that because <laughs> I, I I I unofficially say the Edward Waters was
2: six and five and not
3: five and six last year. Yeah,
2: but I Ever Waters very easily could have had eight wins last year. Very easily, so I expect them to get over that hump this year. Uh, don't laugh at me when I say this, y'all. Allen, Allen probably has the second best quarterback. Well, let, let me say that. Alan has the best quarterback returner in the conference, not named Kelvin Dole, and that being David Wright. Two things for Allen. A, they got to keep Wright healthy. He only played in like five, six games last year. Number two, Alan can't, Alan can't stop a running nose. <laughs> so, Alan got to figure out a way to get some stops. If Alan can figure out those two, I mean, I, I really see pick picking up four or five wins this, this season if they can figure that out. And my wild card, clock it now. They have a favorable schedule. Their two toughest games occur in the first three weeks. If Clark Atlanta goes into October with one or fewer losses, that's going to be the team that's going to not get that they wind up playing in, in the championship game. Everybody sleep on Coach Slayer. Coach Slater, until he became athletic director, was, was a good coach. He's only the second winner this coach in Tuskegee history. Now,
1: that he's, no longer,
2: that he's no longer an athletic director, and all he has to do is coach. Let's keep something in mind. Remember, remember Clark Atlanta did not have an athletic director. Right. Who was not named the interim athletic director.
1: Yeah. They probably asked him, and he was like, nope. No. He's trying to be like, hell no, I don't want to do that. me coach.
2: <laughs> so now that he's got a he coach, and he's had an opportunity to go through a full recruiting cycle and get everything like he wants to, and he has an athletic director who he can say, bro, I did I did that job. This is what I need. I know where it is. I already know where the money is. Give me what I need, because you know everything was in flux last year. So,
1: clock of night is going to be the team to sleep on. Oh, wow! Uh, you guys, you bring bring up some interesting points, and and I I guess for me, when I start, what I'm going to have to really dig deep into and is go back again and say, who does like if I had to say my three the three toughest teams, and I I got to really put a question. But there's a you guys brought up great points about Albany State, and there's a belief in. Coach Gray that I have, but I, I I love the points brought up about possibly a change in philosophy where they were a defensive-minded, run-the-ball type of team where they may become more offensive-minded uh, because of the change in coach. Well, that aside, I'm looking for teams who has to play Benedict, Fort Valley, and um, Tuskegee, and where do you have to play those three teams? Because I think, I think those are the three teams that you have to conquer, or don't have to play on the road, or have to play at all, <laughs> in order to really find yourself in the championship game.
2: You said Benedict, Fort Valley, and who? Uh, Tuskegee. I, well, I think I know. I know the, the, the one team that has to play. Let's see. Fort Valley themselves have to play Benedict,
1: Albany State, and Tuskegee. But see, I think Tuske- I think Fort Valley is built like uh, okay. So basically, let me let me and an, uh, uh, analyze this from the standpoint of saying if these were heavyweight boxers, you got the number one, two, three contenders. Where I think, you know, hey, all it takes is a good punch, a good fight. If you're the two or three guy, you can you can beat the one. But if you were the number five contender or number six contender, you know you need a break. You need somebody. You need to. You need to catch catch a good left hook. Catch somebody on a bad night. Maybe a little food poisoning the night before. I don't know something something that's going to help you get over the hunt. And so, to the equivalent of that would be, hey, we don't play them on our schedule this year, or hey, we have them at home. You know what I'm saying? I think you traveling to Tuskegee, you traveling to Benedict, you traveling to uh, Fort Valley State, not advantageous for you and your chances at winning a title or getting to the championship game. Just my opinion.
3: So I, I'll piggyback and, and say this. Um, I, When we talk about um, when Drew's um, name, Edward Waters, I think Edward Waters is in a good position, even though they do have Tuskegee on the schedule and they do have Benedict on the schedule. Benedict has to make that trip to Jacksonville. And that's a game that I have circled. It's it's the second game of the season. Of course, um, Edward Waters has Florida Memorial Mm -hmm. first. And then they have Benedict. Benedict plays Shaw that first game. Okay, um, I'm that. That's an interesting matchup. It's an interesting SIAC matchup. We don't know how good Shaw is going to be, but I told people it, they're not Elizabeth City. Okay, let's be very clear. <laughs> so it won't be what Benedict did to Elizabeth City last year. So it's a game that I feel like Benedict is going to have to take, you know, really serious. But yeah, Emma Waters is scrappy at home, right? Like they they are yeah. really scrappy at home.
2: And
3: And they have a good crowd there. Yeah. And I just just think that um, if somebody's going to catch Benedict early before they jail because you look at, you know, they lost some men on the offensive line. Uh, Last year, they had a lot of grad transfers at the offensive line position. They have some guys that they say that they, you know, matriculated through the program. So getting those guys to make sure their communication is there, you know, with the new signal caller. Um, A lot of people talk about Benedict year being magical. But if you look back and look at it, uh, Eric Phoenix's progression, the year before, had he stayed healthy that season, Benedict probably would have been in a different position because this Benedict went down and beat Miles on homecoming. Miles was the big dog on, on you know around the, the conference in that 2021 season. And they go down there and beat Miles on their homecoming. And that's what made me say, wait, I think Barry is working on something at Benedict. You know, that that was my first eye opener to say, yeah. And I looked at Phoenix. I said, you know what? He's a little green in a few areas, but you know what? When they let him loose, he 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 can be that guy. So you see them come back this year. So that's what kind of, you know, has me like, I think, you know, because they would have a new quarterback that's not, you know, haven't matriculated or played a lot of time in that system. I do think that um, that's going to be something that impacts them. Um, And I think it's for the ripening for Edward Waters to catch them in that that second week. And then, you know, they have Tuskegee on the schedule, but they play us for – we play them for homecoming. And we know that historically teams can come in there. If you want to catch Tuskegee sleeping at home, you can come in there and catch us sleeping at homecoming. Okay, Kentucky State has done it. Miles consistently has done it. Lane almost did it one year. Like, if if there's an opportunity to catch us slipping, is to catch us slipping doing homecoming. So I
2: think those that's are. That's because it's too many homecoming activities. if, yeah, you, understand. Yeah. And, and you, if you understand what I'm saying, be too many activities. <laughs> hey, hey, Brian, before before we get out here, uh, you've talked about some of the schedules. If your school name begins with an M. In the SIAC this year, you
1: are royally screwed, <laughs> Miles. That's next listen. level analysis, right here, folks. listen to
2: by, Check the check Miles schedule. They've got two FCSs: Albany State, Bluff. Back to back weeks. Back to back, though. That's that's back one. To back weeks. Yeah, I haven't then, given back to take though. But, then then you know. have. Benedict, Benedict in the middle, and then obviously Tuskegee to close out your schedule. Not a formula for success. You think that's bad? Let's take the other M. That to, Hey,
1: this is a hell of a September for this team that you're about to call out. This yeah. is a hell have, of a September. Yeah, you have Howard. Mm. On uh, DC, uh, what's that? DC. No. No, that's in New York. Uh, that's the that no, that's the uh. That, that's, that's
3: the DC. They got Albany State in New in in the New York the classic this year. The okay, that's the one in
2: DC. Okay, okay. They, wait, so you got to go DC, back to Atlanta, then back to New York. Well, you got to go to Ohio back first. To first. You you go Ohio to first.
1: Yeah, you forgot about the to Ohio New to start New the season. season. Yeah, yeah. yeah they Ohio, got these. DC, yeah. New York.
2: Jacksonville, Florida. Then you go to Columbia, <laughs> South Carolina to play Benedict before, before, before you and you still haven't made it home. Then you go to Birmingham, Alabama
1: to play Tuskegee. It's a tough September. before you
2: finally come home
1: to play Biles. Didn't Whitecliff sing a song called "Gone" in September, or that was gone by November? <laughs> uh, they'll be gone by September. Morehouse might be gone by September. Uh,
2: yeah. Wait, but hold up, hold up. Then after you get that one, get that one home game against Miles.
1: Now you got to travel down seventy-five and go play football. That's a boss. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, before we before we close out this segment here, Kendrick. Again, um, you guys make sure to follow Kendrick at D two hbcu football on twitter you know him as the d2 hbcu football guy he and drew will be uh bringing an sic football show right here to the black college sports network this fall uh give me your give me your one two who plays in the sic championship game kendrick
3: um fort valley is conditioning fort valley beats tuskegee uh first game they're going undefeated. Uh so I mm-hmm. have them I, I have them there. And very possibly could be a Fort Valley Benedict um uh SIC championship game. However, if Tuskegee wins wins that then it's gonna be a Tuskegee Benedict uh showdown
1: again. All you know? right. So the Red Tails is going to determine who's gonna be in one half of that championship game. That'll be wow that's a way to hype that game up. Uh Drew, who's in your championship game?
2: I have Fort Valley-Tuskegee in the championship game, but I have Tuskegee beating Fort Valley in the Red Tails Classic, and that being Fort Valley's only loss on the season, like you said, been known to slip up. I've got Clark Atlanta coming in on homecoming and beating Tuskegee as it's a true homecoming as Coach Slater
1: comes back home for for Tuskegee's regular season loss.
2: All right. Both both teams will come in nine to one.
1: Somebody, somebody out there, let me know if you find a book that has that game already pre-planned so I can go put some money down. (laughs) Let me know if you find that anywhere out there, folks. Um all right. Hey uh Kendrick man, we look forward to uh you joining the family, joining the network uh, being a part of uh everything that we do and uh we can't wait to you and drew get going. Uh I believe Monday nights are when the yeah obviously the sports rap won't be on Monday nights, but your show Drew, right? Monday yeah. nights coming up in the fall. we should fall try ride. to get
2: everybody trained. They'll be looking for us on I, I, I got you. Yeah, hey exactly
1: rugby. there you go. There you go. So <laughs> we'll, we'll let you guys know exactly what time and the more specifics in the upcoming weeks. But uh again we look forward to you come uh out in August. okay. Okay, good deal, good deal. Well, we look, we look forward to it, Kendrick. Drew, we're looking forward to it, man. Thanks for uh, taking some time out tonight. Um, and you guys, make sure you're following Kendrick at D Two HBCU Football on Twitter. And um, let's uh, let's get ready to take a break because coming up, we're gonna pivot from football to the basketball court and talk about the uh, HBCU Basketball Association. That'll be beginning this. Uh, August next month in about less than three weeks. So we're going to talk to a young man who is participating in that and hopefully the uh, co-founders as well. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in just a moment. Before history is written,
0: it's
1: played. Before it's frozen in time,
0: get Charmin ultra strong go get him. it just cleans better with a diamond deep texture your family can use less while still getting clean
4: goodbye itchy squirm
0: hello clean bottom <laughs> <laughs> we all go why not enjoy the go with Charmin? at hampton law our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns as your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interests and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton, Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, THamptonLaw.com. No. No. You want him?
4: Ooh, I like him. No!
0: The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker and each sheet is two times more absorbent so you
4: can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker
1: Picker Upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.SlowBurnWaco.com. That's www.SlowBurnWaco.com.
0: Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state certified teachers, trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge, Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall.
1: All right, welcome back to the BCSM Sports Wrap. Brian and Ad here. Got to again thank uh, Kendrick Hooks for jumping in and joining us in our last segment. Um, yeah, Edwin, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, summertime blues, man. Look, we'll get it right. It's coming up. Give us, give us, give us uh, August. Give us. Uh, August and uh, they will after Slack Media Day, then we'll have it uh, all squared away, all right. So, um, what gotta respect the red? Oh, hey, oh, hey, uh, it, it'll be interesting, it'll be interesting. Um, I, I'm more excited now for the Red Tails Classic, um, it'll be interesting. So, a lot of you may have heard about the HBCU Basketball Association if not go check the website out www. Um, a startup basketball league featuring primarily HBCU graduates um, this has been in the work works for the last uh, couple of years or at least the last year is when I've seen the uh, the, the press, on this, and so getting ready to join us right now is a young man, a Tuskegee grad who uh, played or will be playing in in this new league. And so Notice joining the thing you know, tonight's show, Brian. I, I know, I know, you Tuskegee guys. <laughs> baby, <look. laughs> so joining, joining us. I, get, hold on, let me first, Drew. I let you get the introductions out of the way. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, back. We gotta do this. T
4: you. You know?
1: See? All right. There you go. All right. Uh Javier, uh McKinney, uh appreciate you joining us. How you doing this uh evening?
4: I'm doing good. I literally just got finished working out.
1: I'm doing good. I see. I see. I was I was watching you. I was watching you look like you were coming from somewhere in the gym mm-hmm. or somewhere yeah. getting to the car. So, uh we appreciate yeah. you taking time to join us. Um Let's kind of start a little background on you for people outside of Tuskegee, Alabama, who may not be familiar with uh, with your playing career. Uh, give us a little bit of a background info on on you and your and your playing time at Tuskegee.
4: Uh well, I can honestly say, cause Drew the one that got me to Tuskegee. He uh, allowed okay. me playing in high school and. It went from there. I went from 2010 to 2014, uh, three-time SIAC champion. You know, got that freshman of the year my freshman year. Um, yeah, that amazing run was was the first HBCU to reach the lead eight in Division two basketball
1: three three times. So we got a we got a three-time See, drew you buried the lead. I didn't know we were talking to a three-time uh champion. Yeah, you know I, I I thought we were just talking to a, a young brother that went to Tuskegee and was going about to nah. play in professional league and three, so so th- those experiences of winning three championships um you know obviously you you've continued the basketball dreams uh mm-hmm. since then um how have those years? How have they sort of shaped you or motivated you in the time since you uh, finished at Tuskegee?
4: Uh, I can say it, it kind of molded me to the player I am today. You know, I had a lot of setbacks, injuries. You know, then our season gets being cut with uh, with COVID. So it's, it's like I had to tap into a different mentality to continue playing. That was like Coach Drew would tell you. I was headstrong, just out. Like, now <laughs> hey, like I, I was Mister. I can't nobody tell me nothing. I just want to play. But now I didn't got the mentality like it's team first.
1: All right, Drew. Uh, since he oh, since he <laughs> since he opened the door, Drew, you got to tell a story. Something, Pete, Something, something that uh, something that won't get him in trouble. Something that won't get him in trouble with his new organization. Uh, uh, give us a good story.
2: Actually, like you said, he was a very uh, headstrong player. Uh, I I I I remember as as a freshman before he. Uh, had any hours on the yard. He, he handed it all the ball. And there, there were a couple of upperclassmen who had to uh, put a in check and, like, uh, young, young fellow, you, you haven't earned your stripes yet. But you know, got on the court by the end of the season. Like I said, he, he was freshman of the year, so he earned his uh, stripes by the end of the season, earned respect of all the uh, – of the upper okay. class, and and those teams, those teams are still close to this, to this day, Brian.
4: Yeah, we um, are. Right. Like, we're all, all
2: in the group uh, group Facebook chat. Uh, got a message mm-hmm. group. You know, for some reason, I'm the only coach that they let into that group. I think that might well. Like, of course, <laughs> one, one of our coaches has passed, and the other one, I don't even think he knows how to log into Facebook.
4: So. Nah, I totally <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, like uh, of yeah. this day, like. And it's crazy. I'm the youngest one in the group. Like they literally helped me get through Tuskegee basketball. And like to this day, like I can call either one of them, and they're gonna give me advice, give me life advice, basketball advice, like to this day. Like they still got my back.
2: Yeah. And he's the only one still uh still running up and down the court with any type of consistency. Yeah. Like everybody else. Yeah. Kids, age, injuries that are caught up <laughs> with them. So we all everybody right now is is, is living the dream through back.
1: <laughs> so so talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, your the basketball journey. What's the basketball journey like for you but you know, between finishing the college career and then trying and then you know going trying to get in into professional and continue to dream, and, and here you are um, on the verge of uh, being a part of this uh, new league.
2: Hold on, before you say that, let me. Oh, go me. ahead. Go ahead. There, there is one mm-hmm. other one.
1: Uh, we we
2: do have one uh, who played during that era, who's playing for the Global Travelers right now. So those okay. are the two that are still living. The uh, still living yeah, we do. Basketball uh,
1: okay. Okay. Go ahead, Matt. Uh,
4: I can say after I finished. Tuskegee, I got in some trouble, and it derailed me. Like I had to sit down, and go to jail, you know, the usual. I ain't gonna, I don't sugarcoat my journey. That helped me to this day. So after I got, you know, I got myself together. I had a chance at going to the summer league in 2016. I ended up tearing my Achilles. So you know, I, I honestly gave up basketball then. Miss Kim, the owner of the HBCU League, saw me in a like a just a scrimmage game. And like she was like, Hey, you you can play. Come play for me. I'm like, I just shrugged it off, like, nah, you know, I'm I'm just playing the league. So she was like, nah, I got something for you. So I went to her tryout, that's when she had the surge. So from twenty seventeen to now, I've been with her like every step of the way from the beginning of the surge to now. She created her own league, uh, the HBCU league, for nothing but HBCU players. And, like, she made me a focal point of the league. And, like, I can't do nothing but respect it and give her all.
1: So tell us, for those who aren't familiar, obviously the the Surge is one of six teams that will be playing mm-hmm. in the uh, HBCU uh, BA. And let, let me pull up this for those who – May be interested in in, and the uh, first game of the uh, the league Uh will be Saturday, August fifth, between the uh, movement and the surge in Houston, Uh Texas. Um, So, so obviously the surge is based in Birmingham, um, Uh correct? So, tell tell us so, just give give us a little background on. You know the surge and kind of what it's been you know what leagues what league have you been playing in the the background in terms of games and then when when uh, uh, Miss Clark and uh, Mr. Williams and they they put together this league uh, what is that conversation like to you and other guys? Uh,
4: well with the surge we played in the ABA. From 2017 to you know till she started this, and the ABA is cool. You know, it's it's basically a entertainment league, but it can get serious. Um, In that league, I was averaging 48 to 50 points a game. So when you know they presented me about the HBCU league, like the conversation was like, "Hey, let's do something for all the athletes that get overlooked by the pros overseas." So I was like. What you mean? Like she was like, yeah, that's like nothing but HBCU players that can still play, but doesn't get the proper respect from the league. So I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Like it's a lot of players that's in the HBCU. So you know, they presented me everything, then they was like, Yeah, you know, it's gonna be six teams, one here in Birmingham, Houston, Texas, New Orleans, Atlanta. And Mississippi and Tennessee, <clears throat> so it's it's basically around any HBCU player, anybody that went to HBCU for a semester can try out and play. But on, 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 with us. Hold on
1: Mac, Mac, I think we might have we might have lost you a little bit. You
4: see
1: Mac, if you would, give me a favor. Re- repeat what you just said. We lost you. we lost you a little bit in the in the, in the signal there. Repeat that the last part of what you were saying about the uh uh one mm-hmm. after after um, you know, when once you heard what the AB or what the uh the, uh, the league was going to be in terms of six teams and the locations. We lost you after that.
4: Oh, yeah. The locations are Birmingham, Houston, Texas, New Orleans, Atlanta, Mississippi, and Tennessee. And anybody okay. that, you know, went to a HBCU in them areas for one semester can go try out. And the first inaugural game, it, it's between the two honors teams. Us and the H B C U Surge and Kevin's team and H- and the H B C U move in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be the first inaugural game and like the publicity on that is through the roof. Like it's tickets already been sold, people already paying a vendor spots, like it's it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be a classic game to start to start this league off.
1: All right.
2: Excellent, excellent. All right, I, I got. I got to ask one stupid question, McKinney. What? What? Where's the Charlotte team, man? You know, you got. We got to get into CIAA territory if, if, if this league is going. Uh, you know, if this league going to survive, any particular reasons you know of why they didn't go into the CIAA country?
0: True.
4: Hey. I honestly don't. I honestly don't. And I think they was working on it, but they couldn't. Okay. I'm
2: not completely sure. Gotcha. 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 Now, uh a mm-hmm. hey, hopefully you know, are these games gonna be available like online or YouTube or on a website or something? It, yeah, they're all they, be and, and is it is HBCU. it pay or free? or you know if it's pay or free.
4: It's free. I, I, it's free. It's gonna it, they're oh, gonna yeah. be free on the HBCU website.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things, Drew, as I'm as I'm bumping around again, um, you guys can go. uh, You guys who are watching, anybody can go to uh, thehbcuba.com dot com Mm -hmm. and just kind of bumping around uh, the uh, FAQs. Uh, The games are actually they and I did I did read this uh, last year or or maybe I don't I don't know where the article was that I read it. They will be uh, – they signed a deal with HBCU Go. So this was kind of right about that time when yeah, HBCU Go was looking for different, you know, content. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the games will be a part of HBCU Go <laughs> TV. Um, and so yeah. that's that. That's a great opportunity uh, to potentially get picked mm-hmm. up, you know, not only streaming, but uh, if they do get some linear – Looks uh as yeah. well. Um, another think the surprise is, might help you guys out.
4: <laughs> yeah, another surprise is a lot of our games are gonna be at HBCUs.
1: Oh, really? On that's, HBCU that's campuses, <laughs>
4: yes, yes, okay. it's gonna be on HBCU campus. Okay,
1: yeah, we're um, to bring I was hoping to, to kind of. I was. So you so they're basically looking definitely partnering with uh so in Birmingham, um who who's in Birmingham? Uh, who's, Miles. Miles. Miles HBCU in Birmingham.
4: Okay. Miles and Lawson State. Okay. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, what about mm-hmm. the length of the schedule? What is the what does the length of the schedule look like in comparison to what you previously played in, in the ABA? Is it similar? How many games? Excuse me, how many games? No, we're
4: I I think we're gonna play like 25 to 30 games, okay? So it's gonna be like a full length season, yeah.
1: Okay, and I know,
4: uh, we're probably playing every other weekend or every two games a month, but in this league, we'll probably play like three or four games a month,
1: okay. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, schedule um, uh, of just the events, various events, mm-hmm. where they uh, they start with this first Saturday on August fifth, but they yeah. actually have events that'll happen that are happening um, in- into into November, December, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. all the way concluding with the championship series, March twenty second through the twenty fourth yeah. in Jacksonville, yeah. so. <laughs> That's where yep. the uh the championship series will be played. Um uh it's that, interesting, man. This is this is this is fascinating. And so I mean have have I'm curious, you you've been here on stateside playing professionally. Did mm-hmm. you did you explore or did you have any opportunities overseas with overseas teams? Or what was I what hate. was that journey like for <laughs> you?
4: I had plenty of opportunities, but, again, with my legal troubles, I can leave the leave the states for, like, five years. I literally okay. just got off in 2021. So, now, it's teams coming back around as they see me back playing, but they want to see more. So, with this league, it's going to give me more exposure back to show mm-hmm. them that, hey, I still got it to get back to over there, so –
1: yeah. That's good, like man. That, had, that's, that's good. I
4: had, I, I had a lot of teams offering. But, right. You know, like, like I tell everybody, don't never let your past derail your future. That, that's True. my favorite quote. Don't never let your past derail you future. No matter what you went through in the past, your future can always be a thousand times better.
1: So. That's what's up. Drew, uh... Any uh, any more questions or any other any other th- things you want to get in here with Matt while we got him?
2: Well, we, I just I just want to go here. What did your experience at Tuskegee mean for you as you matured from that young teenager that I saw playing in the gym those couple of times that I saw you to where you are today?
4: Uh, I can honestly credit my teammates honestly like if it wasn't for them actually calming me down and like sitting me down and like being like hey look you'll be a better player better man if you do xyz and it's two people i can name in particular that literally and that's byron gp and keith keith they stay on me, <laughs> like even Melo still get on me. Like and, and, on me.
2: and to put that in context, those were the senior statesmen of those teams when uh, when Javier got to uh, Tuskegee. I uh, believe uh, Mello had yeah. just uh, he was a uh, he was a student assistant at that point because he had finished uh, his eligibility but had not uh, finished his coursework yet. So he was still, he was the coach. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, stu- he was a student assistant coach at that point in time. So, yeah. And, and that's one thing, you know, we say yeah. when we want to about HBCUs, you know, they preach the brotherhood and the sisterhood, but, yeah. you know, Javier right. uh, <laughs> is just one of the many examples of that throughout HBCUs mm-hmm. uh, that we've
4: seen. Yeah. But, yeah, I can right. um, credit, like, the, my old my old hits and my teammates that I have and winning the championships for help mold me into the player I am today. All right. Uh,
2: one other question. Uh, who are some of the names that we may see in this league from some of the other HBCU institutions that people
4: may be familiar with? Uh, I honestly don't know. They won't tell us who we who all then you know signed up other teams. But I know um, one player for sure. His his name is Q something. He played at Tennessee State, and he's playing with the HBCU movement team. And they say he was a go getter. He's one of the top prospects coming out of Tennessee State, so he will be playing with the
1: Houston team. What about what about guys on your, on your team? Uh, any names? Uh, what, what's your what's the, what's the roster look like or constructed like of of uh, where are some of the guys from that are playing with you on the surge?
4: Um, a lot of them are actually from around here, like Lawson State Miles. I'm the only one from Tuskegee, but we have two guys from uh.
1: Think it's Savannah, Savannah State,
2: and uh, um, huh. uh, did we did we did we lose I you? I Think we might
1: have lost it there. He, he eventually he he got all the way. I will give him a second <laughs> connection. He picks back in. He picks back up. Um i am trying. Let's see. We can kind of hear you. I know you're still still working it out, but um still fighting. <laughs> like was said, keep fighting. Keep fighting the internet. Keep fighting the internet. Yeah, exactly. Don't let the internet beat you. It is it is undefeated, but don't don't stop fighting. <laughs> the <laughs> internet is right. all the time, undefeated. I know, I know. We'll we'll give uh Mac a minute to here he <laughs> is. Hold back. On. Oh. Well, I think he'll, hopefully he'll, he'll jump back in here. Um, uh, He'll try to reconnect. Let me put this back up on the board, Drew. Uh, Let's take that off so people can see if you guys are watching on the streams here, the actual info on the league. Again, uh, August the 5th, six o'clock, the movement versus the surge. Uh, So if you're in the Houston, Texas area, um, I think it's a great opportunity to look into this, and there's the social media handles. You can obviously go to the website the BA.com on Facebook, HBCU Basketball Association, and on Instagram, HBCU Basketball Association. And um, you know the the biggest challenge I think drew for any league of this level, and with the with the with the niche attraction of being HBCUs is uh, you got to be able to put information about your teams and the players that that's got to be accessible. Um, You know, we, we, if you, if, especially if you're going to be on HBCU go, I I think that's a big win, but it's got to be mirrored with information. Like we've got to, we got to know who are on these rosters. We got to know who the guys are, where they went to school. Um, there has and to their be a, stories. We need to know their stories. Eventually, yeah, we'll need to know their stories. We'll want to we we want to care about who they are. Um, and I think that's one of those that's one of those challenges that any league. You know, it, it, again, I go back to my conversation with uh, uh, that I had with the, that we had on Wednesday with the uh, commissioner from the uh, Pioneer League, and, and he talked about the things that he's doing to, from a social media perspective, and, and just the profiling and the featuring of the players. Uh, that's going to be paramount for this league. For this league to grow and for this league to have success, uh, they're definitely going to need to tap into the market. you know. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm hoping that we see that kind of improvement on the website and we see it grow uh, to the point where, you know, we can, we can find out more. Uh, Cause I, I think people are thirsty. I mean, there's been a few, there's there's been some good press that's out there, but I think folks are thirsty to want to consume more. You just got to give it to us though. If you don't give it to us, I, I mean, once the see once, once football season gets going, it's like, if you haven't hooked us in the month of August, you may not see us again until what late late November, December, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And and I and I hope they're gonna be smart about and I, I haven't seen the full schedule, but you have to be smart about games, classics, etc. 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 Now, said there's a team in Memphis, it would be smart to play. In Memphis, the weekend of the Southern Heritage Classic. I'm just saying.
1: I I don't if know you, what
2: that... if you could if you could partner with them. You got to have people there. If if the if the if the Southern Classic, let's say it's a two o'clock game, one o'clock kickoff.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Why not have HBCU league
1: game that
2: night? I'm just I'm just throwing it out there.
1: I look, you know how we are after classics. I mean, are we really trying to go anywhere else other than a party? Oh I mean, uh, am I drunk? Am I sober, Brian? That's that's the thing. You know, you've tailgated in the afternoon. Post game, you're going back out into the parking lots.
2: But the party those, but let's be real. The party is not gonna be till 10, 11 o'clock. You go hit you go hit the club. Eh.
1: I, you know, I, I I would I would stay away from game day. If I were going to do anything, it would be the day before. But um, Charles Bishop said that game's always a 6 o'clock
2: uh, kickoff. Hey, CB. Hey, CB, I need, yeah. I need okay. you and the inside the HBCU Sports Lab team to go check out that event and, and give us a
1: report back. I don't think he's oh, – wait a minute. One of the – the. that's not – wait a minute. What event are you talking about? What are you talking about? This, the one in
2: Houston. This one. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, but
2: there. he's talking about the Southern Heritage class. I just used that for an oh, example. Okay, I got but you. But I I, I I need C B yeah the inside HBCU sports lab to go check that out for us and give us a report back.
1: Hey, you know, you know that you know they you know they on it. You know Doc is on it. You know Doc's already he's he's already got the tickets, you know. Doc's already got the tickets, you know. <laughs> got, he, got, got his credentials. <laughs> already got his credentials, he'll be sitting on the front row, him and Deuce and uh you know CB will be there probably as well with the fam. Uncle so. Mike. Come yeah, Exactly. Exactly. You know, they, they going to be there. It's in Houston. How can they not be there for that, for that game? Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it'll be an interesting opportunity. Um, hope you guys get a chance to go check them out again. One more time, the HBCUBA.com. Make sure to follow them, find them on, uh, those Instagram, Facebook handles as well. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, it works out. Not a bad ticket, $10 for adults, $5 for students, uh, even an opportunity to uh, donate some school supplies. So, I mean, you know, go watch some good basketball. Now, what they should be doing at this point, see, I'm, I'm going to help them out with marketing. Uh, but next, sometime in the next week, they need to be putting some, some videos out. I need to see some social media videos on these players and these guys. I don't care if it's a scrimmage. Practices—you got to put something out there to let people know who these guys are, and, and just you know let let people see let people see who they who they are and what they're doing out there. You agree? Disagree?
2: Oh, any Pro bowl that we can get out on these guys, we definitely need to to get it out. You know, since since I have a former player in it, I'm definitely going to be vested in watching this uh, this particular league.
1: Uh, the tagline for the, uh, league is called a league of our own, a league of our own HBCU basketball association, a league of our own. Uh, we look forward to hearing more about them in the weeks to come. If you go to the website, there's a countdown 18 days, 22 hours, eight minutes and counting before the season debut or or the season kicks off. So uh, that's good stuff. Hey Drew, let's take a break. Come back and kind of preview in just a small nugget what's to come this week with the CIAA and the MiAC football media days. Both of them are actually in Virginia, so uh, we'll we'll kind of talk about that a little bit more on the other side. Uh, stick with us. You're watching the BCS Sports Wrap right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in a moment.
4: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a
0: thing mint mobile unlimited premium wireless every day to get 30 30 every day get 30 get 20 20 20 to get 20 20 get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so
2: give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch
1: 45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees promo rate for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com
4: supermarket sushi really no. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working,
1: huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher.
4: Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious?
1: Never not working.
4: Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology.
1: The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again.
0: Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere.
1: That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Voice, Kevers Voice, Covers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time.
3: as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watch and Charles
0: Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interests and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit THamptonLaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton, Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. Majesty is a premium health and wellness tea line focused on bringing delicious yet healthy tea blends to the community. Filled with an abundance of vitamins and antioxidants, we work to blend teas with exotic spices and fruits, to produce scrumptious and wholesome beverages. So check us out at MyMajesties.com That's M-Y-M-A-J-E-S-T-E-A-S dot com My Majesties An Urban Passport Member
1: All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. And uh got to again appreciate uh Javier McKinney for joining us. Uh we thought we would have had the the co-founders on, but must have been a little busy this evening for us. So
2: Yeah, yeah, he shot me a text. They were on a Zoom call during our scheduled time this in we were originally scheduled for yesterday. Yeah. to come on the uh Sports rap, but uh, we had to change our show to Monday night because somebody on this show got tied up at an event on yesterday. I'm not gonna name any names, but uh, so we had to push it back to today, and that's what got us with the, uh, the the owners. But maybe we get them on at another time, or get them on one of our other family of shows.
1: Yeah, on our on our normally scheduled time, so. What's what's normal? What's normal, Brian? What is normal? <laughs> what's normal? Who's normal? Who's <laughs> normal? <laughs> Alright, um, so this week, uh, we've got a, this is unusual. I don't think in the past few years of paying attention to the schedules of media days have we had uh two media days in the same week. And we definitely haven't had these two Back to back days, the CIAA and the MIAC. Uh, usually, what we get is we usually get the SIC, SWAC, then the CIAA, then the MIAC. No. Somehow, no, no, no. MIAC has gone last traditionally. That's why I just said I, no. You, SIC goes one week.
2: Yeah, that's right. That.
1: You don't be right? listening oh, to me. Okay. I just be talking. I, I just be talking. But bi so v- 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 change v- v- date m- is is what happened. V- that's the biggest thing. Well, I, didn't the CIAA
2: change their date too? No, the v- no. C- CIAA has always been the uh, second.
1: Been after the, the SWAT. well, and then and then and then I, no, it just after the, C- after,
2: S- the C- C- after the
1: SIC, and then the SWAT comes third. and so it just so happens that the SWAC. Will be the last team to do their media day, which will be next Tuesday, uh, the 25th. So, again, next week's show will technically be from Birmingham. We, we just don't know. Look, we're going to be honest with you. We don't know what time. <laughs> we don't even know where we're praying that we have well, we might, we might come and everything up set up. We may come on Sunday still. We don't know
2: because some things oh, have changed you know, for the I, weekend. So, Okay. just uh, you, you know what that means, Brian?
1: Go ahead. Say it.
2: Turn on your notifications. Ding. Hit the like and subscribe. Ding. Hit that thumbs up. Ding. And you'll know when we come in. Hell, we may
1: come on both days. Who knows? Ding, ding, ding. Exactly. 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 Make sure you are logged in uh, and, and you won't miss whether it's our show or Somebody else or the, well, you know, our boss may may take it out of our hands and just throw another logo oh, up there. Say, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's game call, time. It's so,
2: game time. It's- we all here. We can't go <laughs> into nobody's moniker. We just go call it game time. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? So that's how you stay abreast of what's going on with the uh, Black College Sports Network. Make sure you're subscribed uh, to to all of our – Uh, Facebook, YouTube page, and then more importantly, go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Play or Apple App Store. Just search my JBN or my BCSN. So the CIAA starts, uh, well, the CIAA's, uh, their media day is on July 20th, which is Thursday. Um, Just reading the, the press release from earlier this month, on the CIAA CIAa.com uh, they will have a, let's see they'll begin with the annual Football Media day on Wednesday the 19th through the 20th I, actually they're doing sort of a, a two-day thing well they will do a camp which will feature coaches players they're gonna do sort of a camp on Wednesday, the 19th. That's a youth football clinic. This is going to be at Salem Stadium. So this is in Salem, Virginia, those uh, in case you didn't know. Uh, Salem, Virginia, North Virginia, correct, Drew? I don't
2: know. I just know it's four hours from Norfolk.
1: Somebody get me a map. Edwin, get me a map. I need a map. Um, I need a map.
2: Hey, Brian, a map. all I knew was I flew into Roanoke, uh, which is literally like, right around the corner from Salem, like you can't, you don't even know you switch between the two towns, airports in Roanoke. Uh, you go from the airport. Matter of fact, the airport was about a six minute Uber ride from the hotel. So uh, th- that's how close it is from the Roanoke airport to Salem. <laughs> and then it's then a four hour ride to go for.
1: <laughs> you know Jeremiah Clark. You you could uh, you if you, if you want to make a uh, in order to speak to the, in order to speak to the supervisor Jeremiah, you you gotta put a you gotta make a donation, put a donation in a tip jar, uh, and then we'll gladly because the supervisor he doesn't watch this show. I'm just letting you know that now he does not watch this show. Only unless he's on the show will he watch this show. So otherwise we just he just lets us run amok. That's why this show sometimes ends up being three hours because he doesn't watch it. So I'm, I'm just letting you just be behind is, the that's,
2: that's why you stopped producing us.
1: That's it, exactly why you stopped producing us. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and produce this show. Anyway, so uh, the youth football camp is on Wednesday, the 19th, at St- Salem Stadium. Then this year's event will – now this is what is curious to me. This year's event will be made available on the CIAA Sports Network. That's the C-I-A-A-S-N dot com. Um, and so there is limited space wherever they are doing this from. Um, uh, I don't know where they're doing this. They, they haven't really. I don't. It's not publicized on the website. So you have to actually be credentialed media to kind of figure out where this game. But you can obviously watch it. On the CIAA sports network, which uh, I, I give the CIAA some credit, they do a good job with that. Uh, with that, they, they are probably the best of the four conferences with their network. The, their own conference, yes, network. yes, I will agree. I will one hundred of the of the four HBCU conferences. Yes, they do the best. You know, they, they figured it out. They figured out something they figured out something that uh, I I think other people want from the other conferences and, you know, you just, you're not getting it right now. So that, that kind of frustrates a lot of people, but uh, remember, and and probably the CIAA, you know, being a division two conference is sort of in front of um maybe some other D2 conferences. You know what I'm saying? Um, In, in terms of what they're doing. Uh, so, okay, big news from the CIAA. For this particular football season, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Drew, because uh, I very well could be. Out is Shawan in the North, who played in the championship game last year as the winner of the North Division. They're replaced by Bluefield State, who is a full-time member now of the CIAA in all sports, correct?
2: Except for baseball, of course, because the CIAA does not sponsor baseball.
1: Correct. They don't sponsor baseball. Um, Now, obviously, when I look at the website, Uh, I see one, two, three, four, 14 teams in the CIAA. Is that what you see? fourteen right should be thirteen. I thought. Well, I mean, now that's including Shawan. Shawan is still listed. Shawan is still listed. Now, it I makes me wonder: is you know, now obviously Claflin doesn't. Claflin is a part of the CIAA that don't play football. Play football, right? But they're and all so the I'm, I'm, I'm wondering and, if, I, and ironically, Clapton plays, the- plays baseball also. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if uh, Shawan plays uh, other sports within the CIAA.
2: Uh, football was the only sport that they had left in the CIAA because their primary conference did not sponsor football when they left the CIAA, which all is
3: right. why
2: they stayed in football only. I can't remember which conference they
1: moved to. Okay, so obviously the the, the big storylines that people will be paying attention to uh, this year, obviously you have Fayetteville State finally getting over the hump. Uh, Coach Hayes, Coach Richard Hayes, and Fayetteville finally gets that elusive CIAA championship. What does that mean for the program? Who We have said this before on our show many times, Drew, had – had it not been for Bowie State's three-year run, which all happened against Fayetteville State, had Fayetteville State just maybe won one of those, people might view Fayetteville State a little bit different. So I think what what's going to be on a lot of people's mind is, I don't know if anything has changed in the CIAA South to make me say that Fayetteville State won't win the South again. And I think that's what a lot of people – you know, we'll be we'll be looking at. I mean, I I think they will be the favorite once again to win the South. Uh, does that seem like a, a solid storyline out of the South? Yeah,
2: because I really don't see. Maybe Shaw.
1: Maybe Shaw like will get some. <laughs> I we, feel we, like we've said we, that the last couple of years. Maybe Shaw. Yeah, so.
2: but but that's my point. Yeah. That's my point. I mean, that's, it. you know, Winston, unfortunately, Winston Salem, who finally has named their interim coach after about 20 years as their full-time coach. Stop it. So, maybe they could get something rolling. Uh You know, St. Aug and Livingstone have been the bottom dwellers in the South. Johnson C. Sneaks up gets a game here or there, but has not been consistent.
1: Uh very very curious. When you get a chance, go look at the CIAA's website. When I take a look at the football standings, I only see five teams in the north, five teams in the south. Did, did we lose somebody? Did somebody get did somebody get relegated? Like what what, what, uh, what am I missing here? Did somebody <laughs> I feel like I feel like they are not in the Premier
2: League anymore.
1: Just, I'm <laughs> asking the question, Drew. I'm
2: looking at the website Brian, and I'm right. It's called Summertime Website Maintenance.
1: Okay. I'll leave it alone. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, let, let's move on. I think uh that's the head the the main storyline out of the South. In the north, I think it starts and ends with Virginia Union, uh, who returns all American Jada Byers and that offensive line that uh, that uh, opened up holes so that he could run for almost 2,000 yards. I, I think had, had Virginia State maybe, or Virginia Union, excuse me, sorry, had they gotten a little deeper in the playoffs, uh, he, he could have hit the 2,000 mark. Uh, had they played an 11th game, uh, obviously that was the big story, Virginia Union not making the, the championship game. So, is this Virginia Union's opportunity now? Will we get the – which, by the way, we do get the matchup this year. We get Virginia Union versus Fayetteville State in a regular season contest. I think that was that was one of my games to go visit and see, if I'm not mistaken, when we did that show a few weeks back on yes. our uh, ultimate HBCU football game road trip. Uh, I, I am – I think that is circled as the game of the year. Regular season game of the year. Fayetteville State versus Virginia mm-hmm. Union. Uh, you, you know, what other storylines do you think will come out of or that people will be talking about uh, as it relates to the Northern Division?
2: Wait, can, I, can I flip back to the South?
1: Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. For
2: a moment. The, the thing that you always have to look for When we talk about CIAA standings, is the crossover games. Ah, yeah. There are two teams in the South who are primed to make a run at Fayetteville State. And I just happened to have just mentioned two of them Winston salem Here are the crossover games Elizabeth City, Bluefield State, Lincoln, PA. I don't sleep on Bluefield State, but Winston-Salem will probably be favored at all three of those games. At least two of them. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And for Johnson C. Smith, those same three teams, Bluefield State, Lincoln P.A., and Elizabeth City. Who does Fayetteville State have on their crossover schedule? Lincoln P.A., Virginia Union, Bluefield State. Paul Livingstone, Union, Virginia State, Bowie State. Same thing with Saint Olaf, Saint Augustine. So, based on those two things, you can you can pretty much count Livingstone and Saint Augustine out. <laughs> Uh, they they're they're
1: potentially looking at over three going into divisional play. Well, don't we don't we typically do this where we will say who's going to get their first win, or either their first conference win, or or maybe I do it the reverse way, who's going to be the last team to get their first win, or their first conference win when it comes down to about three or four schools, and that's where. The CIAA has got to fight. It's more on the school's responsibility. I don't mean to put this on the conference, but I think those schools that have struggled for the last three to four years, and especially post COVID. Now, I, I don't want to, you know, COVID is a, th- that COVID year, you know, is especially hard for those programs that, have struggled mightily in the years since, right? But, yeah, at some point, you're waiting on them to turn the corner, right? You're <laughs> waiting on, on St. Aug. You're waiting on Livingstone. Um, you know, I hate to say Johnson C. Smith, but, uh, you know, you're waiting on those programs to kind of turn the corner, man, and, and, and really see what they're what they're gonna do so uh they I think the just...
2: state has built a schedule that will allow them should should they uh win to get a high regional ranking with non conference matchups against UMC Pembroke and Lenore Ryan plus you throwing the fact that they've got Virginia Union on their schedule they have a schedule that's going to allow them to gain some good strength of schedule uh, points. Whereas when we take
1: a look at last year's class. Don't they, have to, don't they have to win those games, though, Drew? Yes, I they, mean- need, they need to win them. If they
2: win those games, those will allow them to be uh, potentially get up there in the regional rankings. When you look at Virginia Union, Brian, they've got Sean Morehouse.
1: Yeah, um, wow. Look, okay. So let's look for a second. Fayetteville State's first month and the month of September, the four, first four games, UNC Pembroke, Lenore Ryan, hosting Lincoln PA, and then traveling Virginia Union. The two non-conference games, or excuse me, the two non-conference games, look, we pointed out last year that uh, there's this, there is a long streak of there's a long streak of losing by Fayetteville State in those non-conference games versus I think last year was last year the first year that they beat UNC Pembroke in a long time. Didn't they beat them? I do believe so. Okay, so there's an even longer streak against Lenore Ryan. Lenore Wright, or I guess we should say against PWIs, right. D2 PWIs. And and UNC Pembroke does not necessarily, which we learned. Uh, it's not, does, they're a minority serving institution. Right. They don't qualify as a PWI. Just that, so that, you know, just in case. So really the bigger, the bigger storyline is, can they beat Lenore Ryan when they host them? Uh, that would be a major feather in the cap to the rankings for Fayetteville State. So, needless to say they need to try to get, you know, start 2 and 0. But imagine them being 3 and 0 assuming they get a win over Lincoln PA, uh which is another program that has been down. Uh then you got Virginia Union. You're looking Virginia Union square in the face in in week 4. And then after that the season the season I I'm, I'm not going I'm not going I'm not going to say any season is a cakewalk, Drew. But in terms of strength of schedule, it gets a lot easier, strength of schedule wise, after Virginia Union in week four. Uh, so Fayetteville State's whole season is in those first four weeks of the year. Um, Here let me got. give you. Yeah, let me give you another storyline. I'm looking at Bowie State, uh, Kyle Jackson took over for legendary coach. And I say legendary because what he did uh, coach Damon Wilson, what he did at Bowie is, is, is epic. I mean, he built a dynasty. Uh, now he's at Morgan state trying to rebuild that program, but can Kyle Jackson contend for a North division title this year? You know, can't, can he get Bowie States? Can he get the Bulldogs back on the mines and the tongues of everyone in in the CIAA media. Uh, this is his this is his full year to do it. There's no more interim tags. or no excuses. Uh, he's in that spot now, and so can he challenge Virginia Union? Uh, can he can he challenge Virginia State? You know, can he avoid? losing a game to Bluefield State, you know, the new the new guys in the conference. You know uh I, I think that'll be that'll be that'll be an interesting storyline to to pay attention to. Uh so again uh, any, anything else you want to add before we quickly jump over to the MIAT no uh
2: we I'll come we'll come back next week with uh, predictions on where we see the the schedule.
1: Yeah, so after we get a chance to uh, watch again, and again, that's the CIAASN.com. That's the CIAA Sports Network. That's where you can watch live coverage of their media day. As it relates to the MIAC, the MIAC Media Day is on Friday, July 21st at noon, and you will be able to watch that on ESPN. Plus. So the MEAC football media day presented by Wells Fargo will be at the Hilton Norfolk, the main, and it will feature coaches with two student athletes. They will have the in-person media sessions beginning at 11 in the morning. I know Dr. Cavill has already said he'll be there for the MEAC. So, Make sure you're tuned into the Black College Sports Network. We might get some. You might get some, some live coverage before the actual ESPN Plus show starts at noon. Uh, so, yeah. So again, Delaware State, Howard, Morgan State, Norfolk State, North Carolina Central, and South Carolina State. So that's who will be. Uh, in, in the building for that, uh, let's see. I'm trying to see, I'm looking at the names who are in attendance. Of course, North Carolina central, you'll have Davius Richard and Khalil Baker in attendance representing North Carolina central South Carolina state, Corey fields, a young man who's feel like we've been watching him since he was a freshman back in 2019 and then linebacker Pat- Patrick uh, Godbolt will be there with South Carolina State. Uh, what's uh, what's a storyline or two that you'll be looking at for the for the MEAC, drew?
2: I'm, I'm just looking at uh, a couple of things schedule wise that I've noticed. Okay. What well, North Carolina Central, the defending national champions, have a very interesting schedule. We you know they opened up against winston Salem State, and they. Uh, did they got? Did they have the Aggie Eagle Classic before going out to play UCLA? Mm-hmm. Then they come back. They have a bye week against Valley.
1: Oh wait a minute! Did I
2: say that out loud? No. Wow. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hold up. Hold up, Brian.
1: <laughs> hold up, I'm Brian. Wow. If okay. I remember
2: correctly, Valley beat Central the last time they played. Did they really? Yes, they did. What year was that? That was like two, three years ago, Brian. Ooh. Central went to Valley and beat them, and uh, Valley beat them at home,
1: and that game will be uh, in Indianapolis, Circle City Classic, right, Circle City Classic. Yeah. That,
2: that that's why I make that joke because it what you would think would be an easy game for Central. I just remember Central had a good team then, but Valley did beat
1: them that year. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, Campbell Elon. Now here's where it gets interesting.
1: They Hold have on, let a bye. Hold on, let me pause you, because you just pointed out those five games in September. And I know there were some, when you read out Morehouse's September, this might be the second toughest. Or it'll be interesting. We'll have to actually do some comparison on the next show. But, but, but they're not on the road like Morehouse was. So Morehouse's is definitely. So, you, so you'll say Morehouse right, right now looks to have the tougher September with.
2: And they they on the road the first six weeks, my
1: Okay. Boil okay.
2: Okay. At least, at least, central bookie in September with home games. A home game against Winston Salem and a home game against
1: Camp. And they're in North. They're in North Carolina. Up the, I guess they would say up the road in uh, at Greensboro. So I mean, they're in yes. the state of. They're in the state of North Carolina. Three of those four. Three of those five weekends.
2: Right, right, right. And then they have got you. Eli
1: the next week, which is
2: North Carolina.
1: Right, right.
2: So. But they had the bye week. Then they have back to back Thursday night games, Brian. First one on the second one at home. That is—that's I found it very interesting.
1: It kind of works with them having that on a bye week, though. You know, it, it's you—you you, <clears throat> it, you can't poo-poo it because there's there's adequate rest because you had the bye week, and then you've got I'm the back. seven days. You go from one Thursday to the next Thursday, so you just kind of. You have your schedule the way it is, so it kind of it, it, it's essentially out.
2: two bi- two buys because after the second Thursday night game, then they they've got almost ten days off before they play Norfolk.
1: Correct. Right.
2: Yeah, I just I just thought that was interesting when I looked at their uh, schedule, and I'm looking at some of these interesting non conference uh, of South Carolina State, boy, they they showed sure know how to go get some money. I think they they start off in the Wag Challenge then they go to Charlotte then they go to Georgia Tech and then they play and then after a couple of uh, weeks then they've got the customary Virginia Lynchburg game question is will Virginia Lynchburg be their first victory of the season
1: which is oh it'll be the Jackson State game
2: Mm. hmm
1: I said it I said it. I won't back down from it. Interesting. Uh-huh. I like that.
2: Mm-hmm. I like that. And uh, I'll tell you the other thing that I like. This year, the last five weeks are the conference games. You know, nobody's playing that early conference game and somebody has a pushover game the last, you know, week 10, 11, or 12, or whatever. No, the last five weeks. Are all MIAC bachelors, so and Lynchburg is only on two schedules this year, with South Carolina yeah. State and Delaware. Yeah, State, Delaware uh, State being yeah. the only two that get Lynchburg this year. Lynchburg is on a couple of SWAC schedules this year. Yeah. They get on the SEC schedule also.
1: Um, I I'm interested in Morehouse's off uh, non-conference, where of course you've got the Morehouse game. You do have uh, Eastern how- Michigan. Talk about Howard. I'm, I'm sorry, Howard. Yeah, who did I say? Whatever you said. Morehouse. Um, yeah, well, they play Morehouse, obviously. Uh, I believe that's in it's listed as a home game, but it's not at Green Stadium, though. Uh,
2: I think that's I think that's an Audi field. You.
1: Yeah, you got the Hampton matchup, which is uh, you know, Howard, uh, Howard that they lose, they, they lose the H going into that game. And middle college. Yeah. Get back, get see if they can get it back. <laughs> then I think the interesting matchup, they got a Northwestern squad, which who knows what Northwestern's going to look like in the fall. Right. I mean, all the scandals and stuff that Northwestern is dealing with, they got an interim coach now, Uh, you know, who, who knows what you're dealing with there. And then Harvard, the, I, I don't know the, the, the the two, the Harvard two. is
2: the Harvard is the Howard of the Ivy League.
1: Okay, right. Because people always say it the other way around, right? People say yes. Howard is the Harvard of HBCUs. But yes, I love yeah. the way you just said that. Harvard is the Howard of the Ivy League. We're, well yes. said, Drew. Well said. Yes. I love the way you said that. So, um, yeah. yeah, you know, I, you know what I think? I think at some point is this year? Is this year two or three? Is this year two or three of the miac Six? Two. This is year two. Okay. I want no, to year see three, year three. Year three. Okay. Okay. So the, here's what I wanted, I wanna, I wanna, I'm curious about. I'm curious about a potential case study to look at the 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 profitability of the MIAC programs having gone to this format where they're able to schedule three additional non conference games, unlike teams from the SWAT. You know what I'm saying? You're able to sort of really diversify your schedule. And by diversifying your schedule, thus far, you have been able to capitalize on winning not one, but two celebration bowls by two different teams. I just find it fascinating. Find it here's, fascinating. Just one of those things to kind of look at. Here's, here's the question, Brian. Yeah.
2: Will a team that does not have Carolina in their name ever make it to the Celebration Bowl?
1: <laughs> Every Celebration uh, Bowl not, not has
2: year. had, has been a team that has Carolina in their name, a.k.a. North Carolina UT t State, North Carolina Central, or South Carolina State.
1: That's it. Gonna be at. That's right, it. Right. That's it. That's it. Now, you know the 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 one the one the one the one thing we can say about when you play only five conference games, your margin of error for uh, uh of tripping up a game is very slim. You know, like in the in the SWAC, uh, Jackson State excluded over these last couple seasons, you could have a couple losses and still find yourself in the SWAC championship game.
2: Hell, the West was five and three last year, Brian, and it <laughs> exactly. came with it came within a quarter of the representative being four and four.
1: Exactly, my my point. So, unfortunately, though, in the Miac, though, you mess around and you know I you slip up, and there was a thought that North Carolina Central was done. And then all of a sudden, whoever else had moved into the top spot, they end up losing next week. And then it just gave North Carolina Central like, oh, hey, we got a shot again. Um, you know what else and- a five-game
2: schedule also affords, Brian? <laughs> what, Drew? A, 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 a six-and-five team going to represent you in the Celebration Bowl, a.k.a. 2021 in South Carolina State.
1: hmm Mm-hmm. yes sir and,
2: and and they came very close to being a five and six team representing
1: the be
2: in the celebration
1: mm-hmm. some of some of y'all's some of y'all's 2021 black college national championship some of some of y'all yeah i I, I, said, I, I said
2: nothing about the black college national championship I've, I've, I'll say celebration
1: just, i'm just i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm just i yeah. i like messy i told you i'm all about <laughs> the mess i love messy but,
2: but a couple of things with that five-game schedule, O'Brien. Uh-huh. A, you can actually go out and schedule board, check games and still schedule board competitive FCS game. And, or if you want to give a Division II team an opportunity, a D2s, don't go play the SWAC, go play the BAC. They got the games. They they have the game to play. They need those games, so that's one that's something that uh, else that that five game schedule allows you to do. But Brian, uh, what do you think about the Howard coach talking about? He would love to see a BAC championship game.
1: Did
2: you miss that article?
1: Did i did that miss that, i did miss that article explain to me again how 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 is that how would that even work right, it's the top two uh,
2: out of a five game schedule out of a five yeah you know you, you, I, you know what it feels like if you did what? that it feels like an AAU tournament down at the at the local rec because they only uh, had enough teams for one gym
1: Stop it! I would, I would rather the Miak go to a format where you played I don't know one or two teams twice, and and then maybe have a championship game. No, no, no. Okay, so void the championship. That, that, that that
2: that would that could possibly mean you play somebody three times if the team I, that you play twice and y'all finish one two because y'all beat each other. You yeah, got. See, you got to play a rubber match in football, you know. Not now. You might as well be playing in the NFC North.
1: Yeah. So, somebody needs to tell the Howard coach. Is like, hey, coach, uh, we've we've won five. Uh, is it five of seven, or six of seven? How many is it? Has it been in the Celebration Bowl?
2: You have to be at day yeah. won All but one. We'll
1: just say that. So, okay. So, hey, six somebody. Yeah. Hey, hey, coach, we've won six of seven celebration bowls without a conference game let's let's leave well enough alone let's 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 not let's not be too creative and screw ourselves over because right now our formula of being finished when we're getting finished has been working beautifully working so i i, I think he i think he might have need i think he might want to leave that alone might want to leave that alone um I yeah it is it is for money. You know
2: the other the other problem with that championship game, Brian? It's
1: gonna be in a it's gonna be in a cold, cold climate area exactly. most likely. Exactly. Where are you gonna play that at? and people somebody's gonna come out and watch it? <laughs> That's all could right. You, I'm good.
2: Could could you imagine a championship game between I'm just gonna say hypothetically, Morgan State and Howard one year?
1: Oh cold. In, on in in a in a first weekend of December mm. on oh, the Potomac mm. good luck oh, 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 on the bay bundle up bundle up for that one boy that's going to be cold uh yeah i just don't you know you talk about the conference needing at least uh 10 teams i just don't know where they're going to find four other teams uh five other teams uh, it just I don't know. I don't know if it can happen. I don't. Mm.
2: That's more asinine than playing for the playoffs. What's that? Playing, playing the conference championship game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, some I, – <laughs> I think coach – I think coach with uh, that one but you, uh,
2: uh, Unless you're going to get a – unless you're going to do it in a dome, and there, and there is no dome in any of those – cities where we
1: have the acting no e- edwin no we are in the south damn it it's not no it's not a cold weather sport in the south sorry or the yeah. or the west coast either
2: a hey, hey, football is a cool weather sport not a <laughs> cold weather sport Edwin, <laughs> have you ever been to a football game with snow and we're
1: chill. It's not fun. I have. Yeah, me too. Not fun. When
2: well you got on, when well you got on full pair of socks and, and boots, and you still can't feel your toes.
1: And you're just watching the clock run. And you're like, come on, run the ball. Keep this game moving. <laughs> I don't exactly. even know why we're out here. We're out here supporting you guys. Let's keep this thing moving. Uh, all right. So um let's uh let's get ready to let's put a bowl on this one, Drew. Uh it's been a good show tonight. Um. Got to, again. Thank our guest, Kendrick I did. I, I did, and, I I, uh, I did have one piece
2: of news. I, I did have one other piece of news I wanted to get out. Uh, this was just released today. This comes courtesy of HBCU Sports. Uh HBCU women's will have another shot at postseason play. This is about the postseason women's NIT being created, a 32-team NCAA sponsored women's basketball tournament that will tip off in 24.
1: I thought there already so was women's NIT. That was this preseason NIT. Oh. That they
2: uh run.
1: The women, so if they more, don't get to the sixty-four, then that's that's it for the women. So more opportunities to avoid HBCU teams. Great, woohoo! Any other fabulous news you want to share with us, Drew? No, I'm 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 sorry. I'm being I'm being a pessimistic ass. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I, hey, I guess you know. I don't. I you know. Uh, it's good. It's good for somebody. I uh, good for somebody. I don't know if it's good for HBCU programs that are finishing 500 or a game or two below 500, though.
2: Would have be good for Jackson State last
1: year? Jackson State went to the tournament.
2: Not play. Jackson State. Uh...
1: Who? Who else was more, Who else was deserving? Nobody. You can't think of anybody else who was deserving. Yeah. Because Norfolk State went. Um, if you want to say Howard, Howard's women was about five hundred. So did they really deserve to go? Southern, you know, Southern went. They won the. They won the swag. Southern UAPB.
2: U- 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 That's yes, what I mean.
1: And they were. They were like five hundred, maybe a game okay. under. Yeah. I mean, you know, I I'm not celebrating mediocrity, Drew. I'm I'm not selling me you know, you had a good you had a good opportunity, you had a good run. You finished, you know, UAPB, you finished ten and eight in the conference and you you lost most of all, if not a few, of your non-conference games. I you know, when when, when schools start winning non-conference games, Drew, I will fight and I'll stand on the table and I'll 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 get on social media and, and wherever else you want me to go. And talk about give us more opportunities to play. But right now, nah, we're not we're not winning these games. We're 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 hardly competitive in these non-conference games. And uh, you know, now you know I, I do advocate and want them to have more home games. That's something I want to see happen more. But you know, the the athletic directors continue to run out there and and you know, pimp your basketball programs and tell your basketball programs. To go make money for everybody else when that's what you got a football program for. Football program supposed to go make money for everybody. Don't go so ask... We go, so
2: so we're going to pick the p- football players instead.
1: That's what they're there for. That's what they're there for. They got the <laughs> biggest opportunity. Well, they look, they've got a big, large arena, a stadium, uh, great opportunities to bring in more money to the athletic department. That's what they're there for. Don't go ask the basketball program to run across the country and raise $200,000 Uh, Which, you know, if you had a marketing program or if you had any kind of real salesperson, you go get to if you were if you were creative in any kind of way, Mr. Miss A.D., you would go get uh, somebody out there to uh, to market your sports. You would reach out in the community, sell season tickets. You know, you would create schedule cards and refrigerator magnets or whatever. I don't care what it is. Do something and bring some home games into your stadiums uh, and your arenas. Instead of sitting your stadiums and arenas, sit empty for the whole month of November and December. And then all of a sudden you want to turn the lights on in January and February because it's, it's conference. And f- find out so heat don't work. Yeah. Ridiculous, <laughs> man. Ridiculous. It's, it's, and you know, I, I we need more people should call, more people should complain to your university presidents and tell the university president because you can complain to the A D all you want. It ain't gonna it's gonna go in one ear and out the other. You need to go complain to the president. Tell your president, hey, it's ridiculous that we don't have any home games. Anyway, are we are uh, we ready to are we ready? Are we ready to go? You got any more wonderful news? You since, I'm, talk about since, your I'm, tweet? since I'm grinching out. You're oh, yeah. About
2: your tweet? Since oh yeah, yeah. On Tuskegee this week, oh this yeah. Since
1: it's it's just been yeah. I don't we might need to rename this show uh to uh something like you you know or something like that. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <Now> <laughs> This is gonna be the segment, you know. Yeah. Uh so you know so Yeah, so- yeah,
2: Edwin,
1: thank you, Edwin. Thank you. Oh, it is? Okay. All right. I have no comment. Um,
2: (laughs) and then December graduation, Brian.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, there you go. There you go. That and so, sorry, basketball coaches, you lose out. But hey, guess what? There's a women's postseason nit for the few of you who might get lucky enough to win 17 games. By the way, which is what it'll take. Because if you just if you just get 16 or 15, that means you're at 500 or a game under 500, and that won't get you in. Sorry. Uh, Speaking of women's basketball programs, uh, Drew Tuskegee looks like they might be getting a little bit closer to naming a women's basketball coach to replace Trilane Powell, who, by the way, I would love if Trilane Powell was up for consideration for the FAMU women's job. I'm so sorry. That yeah, it absolutely. became. I know she left too early, because I would love to. I would love for Ad Sykes to pluck her away from Tuskegee if she were still there. But anyway, uh, so <clears throat> looks like the uh, if if the if the sources and word is correct or true, the new Tuskegee women's basketball coach could very well be coming from within the conference. Uh, so that'll be that'll be interesting to see. So so obviously a a Tuskegee plucks a candidate off the list off of FamU's women's basketball candidate list, uh, because they filled their position before. And so now that leaves Florida AM as the most high profile women's basketball coaching position in HBCU land still open. Yes. So more to come. We'll wait to see whether uh, whether our sources are correct or not. And um, yeah, so we'll see. You don't
2: want to be first. Well, you just want to get it right.
1: <laughs> you know, I just want to put it out there. You know, every every you know, I know everybody else on the network is like, get it right, get it right. I'm I'm the black sheep standing in the corner, <laughs> talking about put it out there, put it out there, and then let's see if they deny it. <clears throat> That's just me. <laughs> put it out there and see if they deny it. Because you know why everybody else. I've been scooped enough times already in the past six months that I'm up to here with being scooped. But we want to be right. Okay, be right. Next time I'm scooping, I'm scooping the ass. Excuse me. (laughs) Let's pick up the show and get out of here, my brother. All right. Let's get ready to get out of here again. Want to remind everybody, please make sure that you are uh, following the show on Facebook. You can find us at BCSN Sports Wrap. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app on the Google Play and Apple App Store just search my JBM, my BCSN. We appreciate it if you would hit the thumbs up button, the like button, wherever you're watching us on Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, make sure you're following the Black College Sports Network at my one, the number one. You can always leave a donation. There's the Cash App symbol, Cash App, my JBM, my BCSN. You can also leave a super tip on YouTube if you're watching. You can drop a drop a cup of coffee or a bucket, a dollar in the bucket tip jar. If you're watching us on YouTube, we appreciate any and all donations, contributions to help keep this thing going. Uh, We appreciate you very, very much. Again, want to thank our guests, uh, of course, Kendrick Hooks at D2HBCU Football. He and Drew, part of the new show that will be coming on the network, uh, SIC Football. What's the name of it? Have you come up with a name officially yet?
2: not officially. We've got a couple of names in concept, but uh, we gotta got to work through some things.
1: Okay. All right. So still going through legal right now. Is the name is go. still going through legal? All go. right. So we'll, <laughs> we'll tell you what the name is here pretty soon. And uh, also Javier McKinney uh, with the HBCU Surge and the uh, HBCU BA.com. That's Uh, I'll put it up here one more time for them, the HBCUBA.com. And go check that website out. Um, Go find out more information. The first game will be August 5th, Saturday, August 5th, 6 p.m. I'm assuming that's 6 p.m. local time in Houston, Texas, uh, between the HBCU movement. And the HBCU Surge, professional basketball. A League of Our Own is the tagline. Beautiful. I like, I like the way they spun that, A League of Our Own. All right, uh, Drew, that's going to do it for tonight, man. Thanks for thanks for everything. Um, enjoy the rest of the week. And uh, we'll, we'll check in with everybody, I'm sure. Who knows? You may see Drew... Are you are you are you are you filling in for any professors? Do you know yet, Drew? Because you know you, or is that kind of it? Kind of comes and, last and minute
2: calls. But I, I get a text about about four or five o'clock,
1: and professor and so can't make it in.
2: Yeah, if if I buy a computer or do I be by a computer before seven o'clock Eastern time? I I never turned out the good doctor.
1: I got you. All right. Um, thank you, for everybody, for watching. Uh, we hope we brought some, uh, some, uh, some joy to your evening. We appreciate all of your, uh, your commentary and likes. Uh, thank you, Edwin. Definitely appreciate you. And appreciate everybody on, uh, on the chats for jumping in and joining the show. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, share. Uh, wherever and whenever you can. Don't forget about our BCSN pod zone. That's BCSN pod zone. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, that's Google Play. Uh, that's Google podcast Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Amazon Music, iHeart Radio, and Spotify. Make sure you download and subscribe. So for AD Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. Thanks for watching tonight. Be safe, be smart, make good decisions while you can. Peace out. Travel light, we'll you